Welcome to the Good Times of Killing Us podcast. It's your boy David, and I'm joined by K-Town. K-Town! And Marquis. Yo, 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 we're back. What's up, y'all? This is the podcast where we explore the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the most controversial people, movements, and organizations in our modern world. We'll tell you the story, then we'll give our take. And today, we are talking about fucking Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald, uh, CEO of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. What's crazy is I actually know a dude named Tom McDonald, so I didn't really, I didn't really even understand. I couldn't even comprehend this for a while. I don't, so the great thing about this episode is we're, we, we've said Tom McDonald's name four times now, and still not a single person person listening knows who the fuck we're talking about yeah. I've been spelling I'd actually been spelling his name wrong for like a week you've been like, spelling it like McDonald's yeah so. exactly yeah. like McDonald's yeah. I didn't realize there was an A in on it but anyway before we get into this dude and tell you who he is make sure you follow us on all our socials on the Facebook at the good times are killing us podcast and you can follow us on Instagram at good times killing us podcast no spaces there for some fine memes or you can follow us on Twitter at good underscore times underscore dead. Okay, Tom, you got a you got a tweet for us? Oh god, now I gotta look it up. Well, while you look that up, I also want to tell you make sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple iTunes, five stars, please. But you know, ratings and reviews really matter. They really help out a lot. And because of some of our content. We've gotten a couple one-star reviews. It's dropped us down, man, out of the five-star rating. Four point five. We're at four point five. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's down. the nature of. It, I don't like it. It's the nature of doing a podcast whose whole shtick is we cover controversial topics. Of course, it's gonna be and we're gonna, we're gonna have those haters, baby. And and we have to the the the, the real shtick is giving the hard take at the end. You yeah, know? we've got to tell you. How we feel? Do we feel like these good times are killing us? But and that's why this episode has been like a really crazy one because like I feel like yeah, a lot of people that are listening to this, especially if you are just like a regular listener and you have no idea who this is, like this is a a person that is just now really mattering at all. Yeah, like, we're hitting this like right when it's happening. Yeah, like, he's on the rise. He's on the rise. He's yeah. you know uh, uh, I've been kind of knowing who he was for a little bit, but he's on the rise. But uh, we're gonna get back to him real quick. Table Tom for right now. And let's oh yeah, you oh, this, we got a tweet. We got let's a tweet. Get to this tweet. tweet. One of my many gems. If you ain't hashtag Team Godzilla, then you are a misogynist. Sorry, <laughs> just be better. Also, King Kong's power is monkey, and Godzilla is basically a <laughs> nuclear warhead. Uh, facts, hey. facts, you know? all facts. Do better, guys. do better, do better. Come on, guys. Yeah. King Kong kidnaps women. Godzilla has female scientists helping him fight Mothra. We're gonna see what happens in this next movie, man, and we're gonna spoiler cast it. We said we would. Yeah, and we will. You Monkey. know what's crazy is we we our last two episodes were Godzilla. And Tom DeLong, so we just went like right back to a Tom, and here we are, baby. I wanted to say too, man. Tom's looking. Tom's Tom's getting uh getting looked at over here at the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. I mean, we took a good hard look at Tom Cruise, and we said how we felt about that. No spoilers here. Oh, shit. We took a good hard look at uh, Tom DeLong not too long ago, oh, and shit. we said we gave our take on it. No spoilers here. Heavy take from some of us. At some point, we're gonna have to do an episode about the name Tom, because what is up with all these fucking Toms just being wild? Wild boys They're out here, just dude. on one. These yeah. Toms are just on one. And Tom's talk on about it. one? That's hey, a. <laughs> that's the way it is. All right, so um, before we get into like the history of this dude and really kind of like break down what he's all about, what were y'all's initial thoughts knowing Tom McDonald before we decided to take him on as an episode? Where we're coming from with Tom McDonald. Uh, I remember 
uh, vaguely the first time I remember seeing Tom McDonald, and it was probably like a couple years ago, probably uh, around 2017-ish, 2016-2017-ish, and it was on Facebook. I would see like like uh, sponsored videos for him, and he popped up a couple times to where I was like, okay. I wrote him off pretty quickly because he was like a face tatted dude with like uh, braids and stuff, and like it was right around the time of the whole SoundCloud wave. Yeah, and like you would see a lot of these sponsored videos of just these SoundCloud rappers you never heard of on Facebook or YouTube, and he just hit me off as uh, another one of those guys, and so I kind of wrote him off. This was in 2017. This is probably maybe 2017 or mm. 16 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even remember what the video was. I was not really paying attention, but I just I, I remember immediately writing him off just because of the SoundCloud rap vibe mm. I got from him. But uh, I uh, I don't think it was anything too controversial. Uh, that I remember at the time. Yeah, I think all that had come out at that point was that song Dear Rappers. It could have been Dear Rappers. Yeah. It was probably, honestly, Dear Rappers, basically, yeah. from what I what I know now. But. Yeah, exactly, and, and we'll get into that. How about you, K-Town? So, I, I work a lot. I work, like, 80 to 90 hour work weeks. I work hard. <laughs> I work all the time. As you can see, I get texts nonstop. I'm, I'm always committed to my work. So, my free time, a lot of my free time is me just being drunk. <laughs> on my couch, watching cringe on YouTube. Yeah, I can um, attest that. I can I can vouch for that. Yeah, I saw um, White Boy when like it dropped, like mm, like within wow. like that month, and I just watched it and I was like, yeah, this dude sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just drunk, like man, look at this fucking broke bitch. Like <laughs> you were not vibing him, like was, from the no from the no from the get go as a straight white male. <laughs> oh god, I was not feeling Tom McDonald at all. Damn, man. Uh, for for me, I think the first time I had ever known about him at all, actually, was we were doing research for, I think it was actually for the Tom McDonald episode, like a month ago. Oh, the Tom DeLong. Tom, Yeah, Tom DeLong episode. Like, we were just doing research for that, and we were, like, watching videos online, kind of, like, just hanging out, and, like, you told us about Tom McDonald, and we watched some of his videos, yeah. and we watched... Um, yeah, when I came over, you guys were watching some Tom McDonald videos, and I was like, oh, this guy. Yeah, and, like, my first video was, like, uh, from that dude, the, the Punk Rock NBA video, where he was like, this this guy's whole shtick is I'm a white guy deal with it snowflake and then like he was showing clips of like like a kind of montage of all this shit and I was like oh god this is terrible but like then we watched the video for um, y'all so stupid and I was just like oh like that was <laughs> it, that was a that was a rough one that dude. was literally like, what you guys were watching when I came in and I didn't realize uh, the, the lane he was like had gone down dude like, that song is the exact it's a very specific like I'm on this kind of level with everything um excuse me bacteria is life on mars but an abortion isn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> check make libtards yeah it's like oh this is ben shapiro in like rapper form like true rapper form he literally quotes ben shapiro in a song yeah oh, yeah man. true but, but. makes it a whole part of a chorus <laughs> um but yeah for this episode this was kind of a weird one because i went in on such a negative level so like when we had to naturally dive in and actually do research i like I knew I already had such a bad opinion of him, so I was consciously trying to do whatever I could to just be super objective about it. So you know what? We're 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 trying our best. We're trying to give our like objective takes on a controversial figure and the best we can and tell you the story, help you kind of understand it, and maybe so you can just like we can, we'll tell you about his music so you don't have to listen to it. Yeah. So you don't have to do what we did and actually got this deep into it. Um, all right, so we ready to get into the uh, life of Thomas McDonald. Yeah, yeah, let's get into the life of uh, of the artist with songs such as 
white boy, uh, straight white male. Uh, that's fucking, gay. That's gay. Canceled. Fake woke. People so stupid. No lives matter. <laughs> like, yeah. So let's let's uh, let's figure out where all this started here. Yeah. So, Thomas McDonald was born in September twenty first, nineteen eighty eight, in British Columbia, Canada, where he was raised in an extremely small rural town, oddly called Mission. Mission. Ah, most most MAGA hat wearing people from Canada. Yeah, what is up with these Canadians, man? I mean, we did an old Proud Boys episode with Gavin McInnes, who's also from Canada. Like, what's going on with Canada? Why the fuck did you just say Canadian? (laughs) I just like it like that. It just just sounds cooler than Canada. Do people people say that? No, I I don't know. I was about to be concerned for a minute. I also thought this was weird that this is another uh, Canadian person, like, who's taking a big uh, interest in our in our politics and yeah taking so, a big step forward into american it, political it's just weird to me that a white dude from canada is getting all this support from this one side of the aisle for his beliefs but could you imagine if like like a mexican person or like a fucking like a chinese person like had something to say about our government and the way it should be run. Oh, man. Like, it'd be fucking World War Three, but, you know. Blonde, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white man, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, in his teenage years, young Tom's family packed their bags to move from the rural sticks to the big city in Edmonton, Alberta, where he evidently had a very positive and somewhat idealistic middle-class upbringing with parents who were apparently, like, super supportive with, like, everything he was into. So, he was kind of given a... It seems like a somewhat coddled, like, middle-class upbringing. Well, I wouldn't even say it's coddled. That just sounds like he has, like, an ideal childhood. He yeah, has, yeah, like, yeah. Parents. Like, that's, that's what, what you should somewhat, have. You, know, you, you, so- should, you should. Everyone should have that. Yeah. You should be able to wake up in the morning and have parents that love you. And we just had difficult childhoods, so for to us, it might seem coddled. He, <laughs> probably, he probably had a better childhood yeah. than me. He definitely <laughs> had a better childhood than I did. Yeah. He came from good stock. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Hey, good, good for him, man. I... I I guess. Happy for him, I guess. I guess. So, Tom says that he first gained an interest... We're not jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My so, dad's dead. <laughs> so, Tom said that he first gained an interest for hip-hop after first listening to a Tupac record he bought from a thrift store, but even at this time period, he admits that he knew that there was a huge disconnect between him, a white Canadian kid, and a gangster rapper like Tupac. So, every time I hear this story, I think of, like, um, remember Malibu's Most Wanted when he's, like, going to his bar mitzvah and it's just, like, short him with like a sideways like sun visor and he's like OPP bitch like I just pictured Tom McDonald walking in in like some Jinko jeans a super big hoodie and like flaming sunglasses with a hat on backwards like oh yeah I want this Tupac record dude yeah he was he is kind of like a uh where is he from Edmonton's <laughs> fucking what the fuck? I, well he apparently what the fuck is Edmonton it, it, it's it's Canada. get your fucking fake Canadian ass back over the fucking border. You know where we should build the wall? Up fucking north, cause those fucking Canucks they oh. drive me crazy. Oh god! Whoa! Shout out to all our Canadian listeners. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think he was. You're right though. He was like the the like straight up like hip hop listening to Black Sheep. Like he had like face tats when he was like 16 or something. Like, yeah. He Jesus says he Christ. says he wasn't on the like SoundCloud wave. He he literally had. I'm like, all about. About, like doing whatever with your body or whatever like getting tattoos piercings like I, th- I don't think that should be like a, a thing that like affects you in society but there's no way i'm letting my 16 year old <laughs> like bro wait 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 a couple years you're not you're not getting the under the eye face tats we're all in not in papa k town's house okay as not until you're 18 
I don't. I'm Once coming. you start paying fucking taxes, you can do whatever the fuck you want with your face. But until then, no face tats. You gonna let your kid get a face tat at sixteen? Pain. I feel like you're like talking to me. You're talking to like us, like we are your son. Like, huh? <laughs> you gonna let your kid get a fucking face tat at sixteen? I mean, that's up to a parent's discretion, but I would be very against it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing: is his parents were that's supportive, or whatever. I just, you know, what, what, what could have been if they were like, "Hey, hold off," like not even like been dicks about it, just be like, "Hey, man." Hold off on the face tattoo for like a year. Yeah. But what, what could have been? But still, initially, he didn't really relate to the whole rap world, but to literally nobody's surprise, Tom says that he first found himself identifying more with hip-hop music and culture after a friend put him on to Eminem in the 90s. Shocking. Shocking. What? Shocker. Yeah. And, and there was some interview where he was talking about it. It's It's really interesting to see like how he has like this kind of degree of insight, but also so much of his sight is still clouded. Like, there's this interview where he's talking about like... Um, how he felt first discovering Eminem, where he's like, yeah, it was just great, man. I, I could I could see, like, my this culture that I identified with where I never saw myself represented. And then I saw myself represented. And, and, and like, so he knows what it feels like to feel like an outsider. Finally, finally, something for the white guy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he knows what that should feel like, but then he just doesn't get it when it's on anyone else's side. But, you know, I don't know. I don't want to split. This is a tough one because, like, I feel like we, we at all points are, like, just kind of trying to just – Go in, man. This is hard to hold back. I will. Feeling. I will give it. I'll give this to him. You know, he like he said he was came up came up listening to like Tupac and stuff, and like he said he understood there was some kind of disconnect there. You know, yeah. I'm not a good for him. Good gangster for him. black guy from L.A. or whatever, or from Compton. But and when he saw Eminem rise to fame, he's like, holy shit, maybe there is a lane for me. You know. Yeah, and ultimately, and so, you know, and I'm sure then then then. That's the reality for a lot of guys, you know? So, you know, I'm not going to hate on them for that either. That's what I was going to say, because, like, that's the thing. is like, we're, we're spilling so much out already. But, like, really, everything so far is just fine. Do you think he wore a do-rag? <laughs> okay. Do you think he wore a do-rag like Eminem wore, wore a do-rag? I can't put it past him, bro. Yeah, it I can't happen. put it I past totally, him. with his upbringing, <laughs> I totally see the family uh, paying out the big bucks for the shady hoodie, the white do rag, the silky do rag though. That's no, the, yeah, that's the silky. Fine. That shit was yeah. silky, silky smooth. Yeah, yeah, it probably definitely. it probably happened. Yeah, he got, he had waves. Do you think he had waves? I hope not. He had a brush. Yeah, but despite his huge interest in like rap and hip hop culture, uh, Tom did not make an active attempt to begin rapping during most of his youth. Though he does say that rap and rock music were always a big part of his adolescence, so he would write his own little raps and poems as a personal hobby. And yeah. There's like an interview where he's talking about that, where he's talking about like this poem that he wrote. Oh my god! <laughs> and he he's like, yeah, so like. I gave this poem to like uh, my dad. My teacher failed me, and I gave it to my dad. And then my my dad gave the poem to like a really legit poet guy. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> they said one of the most famous poets in all of Canada. And this, poet, but didn't say the name. He just and, said a published. He just said a, a published like poet. But like, and, and this and, poet said, "Hey, man, this kid's a fucking genius. He's beyond his years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beyond his years. It's just such a silly thing." He was like, "Yeah, yeah, like I was so special, you know." So when he always like rips into like entitlement, but then like you know you know what I'm saying, kind of is entitled. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, what Tom did gain a huge interest in was professional WWF style wrestling, and he cited Stone Cold Steve Austin has his childhood. Hero. So I call bullshit on this because that's what every fake fan says is their favorite wrestler. I'm going to say based on his life. John fucking Cena was his childhood hero, and there's nothing you could do to convince me otherwise. 
He literally grew up to be John Cena. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> so so you don't believe him? You don't think Stone Cold was his real... Why do you no. think you would say Stone Cold then? Because Stone Cold's like the cool dude. Yeah, Stone Cold's the no, Stone Cold was like, he beat the fuck out of everybody. He was cool. He shotgun beers in the ring. Like, yeah, yeah, Two dude. at a time. Who was I, your favorite wrestler growing up? Stone Cold. I'm not a big in the wrestling, but Pain. like Stone Cold... I don't, I don't really know anything about wrestling, but no. I honestly, if I had to pick one, I guess I'd go with... The Undertaker it's, was pretty cool. Undertaker, oh, was, that fuck. was a cool vibe. The Undertaker was a cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm, wait, I'm to... wait. Limp Biscuit, Undertaker, or Goth Undertaker? Goth, I guess. Okay. I don't. I mean, who's your favorite wrestler? It used. To, I I can't say his name anymore because he's been taken out of the Hall of Fame. Oh god, because he's racist. But he Hulk was, Hogan? Yeah, dude, he was my favorite wrestler of all time, dude. Hulk Hogan had the best stage presence. He fucking knew how to work the crowd. He had yeah. great ring. His fucking, promos were great. Yeah, dude, everything about, like, like dude, Hulk Hogan, yeah, everything was about him, like, was the ideal wrestler. Him and Ric Flair are, like, the two greatest wrestlers of all time. What do you think Tom McDonald thought of Hulk Hogan when he was uh, a kid? I mean, he probably didn't like him as a kid, um, but he definitely liked him after that sex tape came out and he said a lot of racial slurs. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's his freedom of choice. I suppose. Uh, but anyway, he did take wrestling really seriously, and when he was 14 years old, he began training to be an actual professional entertainment wrestler, and just two years later, he actually got a deal where he would appear on a bi-weekly television show called Canadian Wrestling Legends, where he performed with the stage name All-Star. But uh, Tom's young wrestling career was actually taken so seriously that he was even put in like a special type of school called an ISDL, which is uh, Independent Self-Directed Learning, so like... I, I don't know if this is a thing really anywhere in the States, but in Canada, apparently, like, teenagers that get involved with, like, like serious things when they're young can enroll in these programs where they just kind of work on their own time for school so they can devote themselves to doing this shit. So for, like, most of his teenage years, his, like, high school teenage years, he was, like, wrestling on a show while doing this. That it's sounds a, pretty cool. Yeah, honestly, that's the thing. is like, We've been hating on him so much, but, like, really, like, he's kind of doing his thing. Like, so far, who he is is not really, like, that's that's a weird thing, man. Is like I tried to find a lot of things that I liked about Tom McDonald because I knew that there's so much I don't like about him because like I, I don't got know. a few things I really do like about him. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, but I got some things, but there's plenty of. I feel like this is like the new metal episode where like we almost started hating on new metal out the gate, and I was like, hey, come on, guys, we gotta yeah, big, we yeah. gotta big this up before we fucking uh, tear it down. But uh, we gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't Tom, feel Tom's so compelled. Yeah, He's I don't feel fart. so f compelled to. Big up Tom McDonald, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, I just don't want to tear him down. Got to give credit where credit's due, exactly. to be fair. You exactly. know? He had yeah. a very privileged and a wonderful <laughs> life growing up. He was motivated. I'll give him um, that. He was a motivated kid. Yeah. He's been at it. Yeah. He's been at it for a while, but go on. But during these years, like after he graduated, um, he was he continued to do professional wrestling, like has like a career pretty much for about six years. And during these years of his life, Tom started to further cultivate his interest in being a musician. So he started by putting his poetry and lyrics into rock songs at first. Like he wanted to do like a rock band, but then he admitted that his his voice just wasn't really good for rock. I guess. Yeah. He so he said all his life he only ever wanted to do four things: be Batman be an astronaut, be a professional wrestler, and be a rapper. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess somewhere in there in between, he wanted to be a rock star, a musician, I guess, of some kind. But yeah, he said his voice just wasn't the rock star vibe, Didn't apparently. translate to, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe just some insecurities he was projecting, but, you know, who knows? He went for the rap lane. Yep, so while rock and roll wasn't entirely working out for him, in 2009 he invested in production equipment so that he could try his hand at rapping over his own beats, and he began dropping his first songs on SoundCloud in the early 2010s. So he just fucking made an investment on like a Mac or something and just 
made his own music and just went out there. Yeah, who wasn't rapping in 2010, right? Come yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all listened to each other's mixtape, right? Yeah. My shit was fire. I literally was rapping in 2008. See? Special, there you go. Special K. Well, what's interesting? <laughs> yeah, so we, we all do yeah. have, we did have very short rap careers. I <laughs> never but, rapped. Yeah, special, I, I special K. Special K! Arabian pain! <laughs> Can't believe that was a thing. For the record, I, I never rapped. <laughs> Damn. Um, well, apparently his early sound card lap was, rap was kind of on like a sad boy wave, because that was really what was big at the time. Like right from the get-go, he's trying to tap into what was really trending, especially on that platform of SoundCloud. Yeah, I, ju- I just don't know how you go from like growing up and like saying your idols are Tupac and Eminem and then like doing sound boy, uh, sad boy. I mean, that's, a, I mean, well, I mean, anyone that's good, that was doing that type of shit at that time is going to be like a rap fan in general. I mean, it you all know? just depends. It's relative yeah. to when you were born. I'm, I'm just saying like. With who he was, how he said he grew up, and how he is now, like I just don't understand. Other than just exclusively trying to get big through this wave, no, that's, why you would be into it? But that that is what it is. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like there was no like, there was no like artist integrity of him wanting to be a sad boy rapper. Like it just literally was like, <laughs> this is what's popular. I want to do this. This is how I'm gonna rap. Yeah, and he, I think he'll even tell you that too. He's just doing what was popular at the time. Yeah, yeah, he has said that in interviews. That, that's my whole issue with him through everything is like, he's nothing is genuine about him. Everything is just a play to get his numbers up. Yeah, yeah. Every every aspect of his whole career is is not genuine. It's just what can I do to get famous? Yeah. Um. So he did the rap, the SoundCloud rapping for a few years, and in 2014 he released his first full length record, Leanne's Son, named after his mother, Leanne. Which, oh. which was released to very nominal success. It's weird because, like, I actually spent I, I spent time listening to his first three records, this one included, and it's nothing like what he became later on at all. It's mostly just about, like, getting drunk and, like, fucking girls and pretending to be rich and, like, talking about, like, making all this money. He did apparently actually go on a tour to um, Europe, which he talks about a lot on this album. I don't know how he got a tour to Europe without even having a record out initially. But I guess he did. Europeans that. eat up like Western, like everyone eats up Western. Fucking it's probably an easy music. get, you know. Yeah. Um, so this period did mark the release of his first music video, "Wannabe," which depicts him as a farmer that is confronted by some girl's angry boyfriend, and then he ends up killing the boyfriend. He just punches him out. Um, it's crazy. Like, and I think that's like such a perfect thing because you got to think that's his first thing after coming off of being a professional wrestler. Yeah, yeah, you know? you know, he's like, this is what I know. You know, I'm going to punch somebody out in my music video, of yeah. course, obviously. Yeah, this is like the beginning of his, like, very theatrical music video career. Yeah. Like, this guy yeah. makes a video for every song, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, but to be fair, like, the dude's built, like, I, I could see him punching somebody out. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I would be upset if he didn't have a video of him punching somebody out. <laughs> it's like, kind of a weird video. You can't have a body, like, a, a wrestler built body. And not have a video of you punching somebody out. Like, I'm sorry, no. It's such a weird video, though, because, like, I watched it, and it's, like, it's him being this farm boy. Feed, like, it starts off with, like, a minute of him just feeding some chickens and shit. And it's just him on a farm, and then shit just gets super serious super quick. And I was just like, what is the vibe you're trying to, like, do with this? Like, what the fuck? Like, bro, you're just bro, him? bro. He was a small-town boy who had big aspirations, and he was just living a nominal life. And then all of a sudden, the fucking, the light came to him, and he had to punch out his inner demons of alcohol and marijuana Mm. to get through to the other side to be the success that he is today. 
I think he does. He definitely later <laughs> said some shit like that. Because apparently, during this time, th- dude, are you writing for Tom McDonald? Dude, that down? sounds literally like some Tom McDonald. Hey like guys, uh, I got something to tell you. I'm Tom McDonald. <laughs> oh, we've got him right here in the studio, guys. Let me take off my off. fat suit. This whole time, <laughs> this whole time I've had blonde uh, dreads. <laughs> What's interesting about that song, though, is that it has the lyrics, I'm 24, and if I don't blow up by 30, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. So kind of like this like very, like, I'm going to get big somehow. You like, know, uh, Jim Carrey kind of did the same thing when he was coming up. Like, he wrote himself a check for $30 million. Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I I, here's this check, and I got I to gotta pay myself this $30 million by this point in my life. And then Tom McDonald's like, yeah, I'm going to kill myself by this time in my life. I mean, same thing. I get it. So even though this album had like very minimal success, just a year after its release, Tom McDonald did begin to gain some t- something of a name for himself in the Canadian rap scene when he released a collab song called Dark Side of the Moon with an apparently popular Canadian rapper named Matt Brevner. Yeah, you know Matt. Yeah, do we know the Canadian rap scene at all? Do we have no. any? Do we have any clout in that scene at all? I got the, nothing. The only the only music scene I know from Canada is Justin Bieber, and I'm not gonna lie, that shit bops. Drake. Drake. Oh. <laughs> forgot about Drake. 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't like Drake. I forgot about Drake. I don't. I don't appreciate anything he's ever put out. Drake. <laughs> Legitimately. But before we move Except on to for like, passion fruit. Before we move on to like more of his like career. Apparently, during this time period, like, he was really heavy into, like, drinking, like, excessively. And apparently after the release of this record, he had, like, a complete mental breakdown. Yeah, so he was into the party lifestyle heavily, like he would rap about in his songs. A lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, a lot of hanging out in nightclubs and stuff. And uh, I think he was going a lot back and forth for a while between... uh, um, where he was between Canada and LA. Yeah. And, um, he ended up, I think like his visa expired or something. And he was just like, he was just like burnt out pretty much, you yeah. know? And How- uh, his, he had to get a family friend. His parents got a family friend to just come like scoop him from LA and bring him back to Canada. I just don't understand like how he got caught up in that lifestyle. Like, bro, you're Canadian. Literally, <laughs> just watch Degrassi. They have at least two episodes a season about this very topic. Yeah, watch Degrassi and yeah. bounce back, bro. Yeah, bounce come back, on, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you all about the like the the downsides of alcoholism and drug addiction like dude it's degrassi come on needless to say he didn't watch degrassi he didn't no. bounce back his parents had to like get someone and just take him back home to uh his mom's and he said he stayed at his mom's for nine months just going through it, it like straight up not having a good yeah. time bro and uh actually I, I think he's quoted to say that like he only said like two words or four words to his mom like so- every day like, they have they have socialized healthcare in Canada. You mean to tell me that no one took him to like a, a hospital? Like there's he, a, he a grown he, man not speaking for nine months, just like tripping out was, on alcohol and drugs, and you're like, no, let's just keep him in the basement. I don't know if any. I don't know if he's kept in the basement or not speaking, but he was just uh, had a mental breakdown and just would. I, I don't know. I don't take know, him to the. The only reason why we do that shit here in America is because it costs a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> You got free health care. What the fuck? It is funny that you say that. Because you say he spent a lot of time, like, researching what he was going through in this time. Bro, go to a <laughs> fucking doctor! What the fuck? <laughs> Which I thought was, like, an interesting... That's I went like- to the ER, like, two months ago for, like, uh, a mental thing. In and out, 
fucking in 30 minutes, they gave me some pills. They were like, here you go. Follow up with your doctor. You know, I have good insurance. I pay $200 a month for my insurance. I have platinum level insurance. Shit. And you know how much my bill was from the ER? $3,200. Fuck. After platinum insurance. Why the fuck are you researching shit, bro? Go to a fucking doctor. It's mm. free. Well, he researched himself out of that hole, or maybe God yeah. pulled him out. He's not sure. And after is nine he, months... Is he is he on that like weird Christian wave? Uh, it's, it's hard to say, and we'll get into this, but it's hard to say because he's very wishy-washy on a lot of things that he says. He's a big fence. He definitely, he, at this point, he has definitely courted Christians. There's a specific lyric that I remember where he says, I'm not a Christian, or I'm... Uh, I, I, I don't I believe it, in science. I believe in. No, it was saying something. It was some. It was something like I'm not religious, but I walk with Christians. Yeah. That was. I think that was the exact lyric. So like, he's not yeah. really like he kind of orients himself towards them. So he's, he's been quoted he, as saying he's not religious. He's every. He's, he's every edgy youth pastor. He's like you know Jesus wasn't religious, but like yeah yeah he's, he's the been, son of God. He's been quoted as saying he's not religious or that he's not Christian, but then he also in his lyrics will say things like like what you said like he walks with Christians or that like uh uh people are getting beat up for being Christian or something like that. His lyrics. And that. These are his lyrics. I mean, you know, that's in, that's in that song. People hate me or whatever. Like, yeah, it just takes one article shared a million times to make that seem like it's happening everywhere, you know? Um, but by 2015, he decided to take his music career to the next level by moving permanently to the city of fallen angels, Los Angeles, California. So even while I was going through all this like turmoil and like, go, like coming in and out of it, you know, he's still able to kind of, like, do all this stuff. And he moved to L.A. because he wanted to get big. That's where, I mean, that's where you go. The nine-month thing, I think, was, like, his sabbatical. Like, he stayed out of it. He didn't make any music for, like, nine months. He lived in his mom's. Uh, and uh, he pulled himself out of it. And he stopped drinking and smoking. That's when he yeah. stopped drinking and smoking pretty much. He's not, like, sober, technically, which is a bit of a misconception. He's not, like, a sober artist, even though he has songs called Sober and talks about <laughs> drinking and smoking. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything's just a joke. But he doesn't He doesn't do it regularly anymore. Um, but he's, he's not, like, an alcoholic. He's not someone who needs to, you know, Because he went through, he, he had been an alcoholic, like, a day drinking, like, fully in it and ruined yeah. his life, and he came back and recovered from it and then just moved to L.A. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to say, he said he almost died. And it's not, you know, and that's why he had to be away from. Like, did months. he die like in like a, um, like a, a hangover situation or like? I a, don't. It's he's very vague. Like that, about what's this. that Nicolas Cage movie where like he literally dies from being an alcoholic in Vegas? Uh, Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, 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 that's the one. <laughs> Is it really? No, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, you talking about Wicker Man? <laughs> oh, the bees! <laughs> so it was during this time living in L.A. that. Tom McDonald would meet his future partner in romance and business, Nova Rockefeller. Yeah, I know you got I know you got some heat on her, but I just want to jump ahead right now because, like, like you said, this is like a big key part of like I think it's success right now. Yeah, like, definitely. She shoots all his videos. She helps edit all his videos and stuff. I think she's just like people throw around the term power couple, power couple pretty loosely, but uh, I think she's a big part of his success right yeah. now. Yeah, you, I mean, after like seeing like getting into like his whole story, especially the past three years. Um, she is a major like keystone of the whole world of Tom McDonald being what he is today, having any of the energy he has today. Because like she's like very, she's actually pretty multi talented as as we'll get into in a minute. But let's go and just do like a biography about her. A so, mini dive. 
So she was born Nova Pavohek, and she was actually a Canadian rapper as well before she even met Tom McDonald. Um, and she actually had reasonable success after being signed to Mercury Records and moving to New York City. Um, and before she had moved to L.A., uh, she had toured with like big bands like Set It Off and not the hardcore band. Different, totally different mm. set it off, but set it off, uh, all time low, and she played big music you festivals. You mean set it off the '90s movie with Queen Latifah? Yeah, she played with that movie on tour, <laughs> <laughs> but she also played a bunch of music festivals. Hold on, you just go to a fucking venue, and like it's just like she opens, and then like after she's done playing, it's just that fucking movie <laughs> on the backdrop. No, it's literally like live Queen Latifah and fucking like the rest. It's of like the a cast. Tyler Perry. Play. They just play it out. They just play act it. Uh, I don't know why it. I thought that was so funny, but she also went on to play big music festivals such as South by Southwest, Riot Fest, and even the Gathering of the Juggalos. Woo! The fucking Gathering. What is yep. Mark, like, you just really disappointed me right there. No, that well, was great, dude. I, dude I, no, 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 no. We I, down. We down. I wanted, one. He said, "Woo!" woo. Mother, I was fucking whoop. I needed that. I needed that whoop whoop. Whoop, hey, whoop, motherfucking whoop. Y'all know we got clown love. If you listen to Juggalo, Juggalo app, you know we have clown love. But she played the gathering. Like, what is this? Like 2015, something like that. Yeah, 16, something like that. And there's some, uh, there's a, there's some, some nuggets that happened there too in there, K Town. Yeah, because she did kind of become like associated with the Juggalo scene. Like she kind of got a little bit of that like Juggalo energy. But apparently there were some some thingy things. Going yeah, on. she went on a tour in like I think 2017 with Violent J. Hmm. And like, um, I guess at that time, like her and Tom McDonald started this really bad band, uh, We Are G- BFGF or oh, something. GFBF, GFBF, yeah, yeah. girlfriend, boyfriend. Yeah, they're still still around to the and. <laughs> Violent J texted her and was like, "Hey, look, it's it's me, Violent J." Um, Do you think he starts all his texts like that? It that's literally what the text said. <laughs> like I read it, it was like, "Hey, it's whatever his real name is, Violent J." And an email. Uh, it's like, "Hey, Joseph your, Bruce, it's your boy, Violent J, aka the West Side Strangler, <laughs> aka just like he does that whole thing." But like all his titles. Basically, he sent email. her this like fifteen-page long like text saying that like she was really talented and she had a really good thing going for her and she had a good image and that tom mcdonald was like basically a scrub like he didn't have uh any talent he wasn't good for her and by her associating him into her music not even like just like helping him produce his and stuff but like literally making music with him and featuring him and featuring him was mm -hmm. like tarnishing her own career just so she could build him up and like he said he cared about her and he didn't want her to see her waste her talents by trying to build him up. So this is before even the controversial stuff. This was just yeah. this was just Violent J calling it like he sees it, yeah. calling Tom McDonald as a leech apparently. And at this time, I mean Tom McDonald was a nobody. He was a complete nobody that had like rap music out and shit and nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And uh there is a time that he says that uh he he talks about I mean quite quite uh uh, liberally now about when they were living pretty much in squalor, him yeah. and Nova, you know, like in lighting his last half a cigarette before writing Dear Rappers and shit. And, well, uh, even before that, to kind of move along with the story a little bit, yeah. um, after releasing, so, okay, so like they met and they started shooting music videos together, um, but after releasing two whole other albums while living in LA in 2015 uh, called See You Tomorrow and Dream People and the Whiskey War, so two albums in one year, uh, Tonley found some degree of popularity with the music video for the single Dear Rappers, which was shot 
Biden over Rockefeller in 2017. Yeah, a uh, song he wrote like in his uh, uh, deepest desperation of uh, brokenness and stuff. He says he went out on the porch and smoked his last half a cigarette, and then the song just kind of came to him. He wrote Dear Rappers down on his uh, notepad or iPhone or whatever, and then he just started writing the song, and then he ran in the house, and he told Nova, hey, we gotta, we gotta shoot, I gotta, I think I wrote the song that's gonna change our lives. And he ran out and he borrowed, like, 200 bucks from his best friend, another 150 bucks from another friend. There's a bunch of investors. Yeah, just like, 300 right. bucks from his, like, sister and, like, and like another, like, 400 bucks from some random investor that and he put met on it, Facebook. And put it all into Facebook ads. Yeah, they shot the video and he put it all into Facebook ads for this Dear Rappers song. That's why I was saying earlier, this is probably the song that I saw. Yeah. First, you know. So something that we're going to do a little bit differently on this episode is, you know, like we, we've given you the whole bio of the guy, but really he doesn't really have like many actual controversies has in terms of like what he does. It's more about what he says in his music and the imagery in his music videos. So we're actually going to watch some of the music videos right here and react to it right afterwards. So a lot of this episode is just going to be us talking about the songs. So we're going to get right into it. With Tom McDonald, Dear Rappers. Well, I do want to say real quick, because like typically any other artist, we wouldn't feel comfortable and probably wouldn't be allowed to play much of their music on here. Other than the Macrocross episode, where we played like whole songs. Because we literally own that music. Yeah, it's our music. But um, uh, since we, we do have permission from Tom McDonald himself to play this music, I think we're going to go ahead and do that. So... Take this as permission. If you have a Twitch stream or you want to use my music in one of your videos or something, this is your permission. Go ahead and use the music. There it is. Yep. All right, baby. So let's watch Dear Rappers and we'll tell you what we think. Yeah. Man, it's easy for these rappers who have it all. Talk about the days when they used to be sad. I guess I can't relate to being famous and wealthy. I'm 28 and still praying for the day I have a chance. Maybe y'all can help me out, though. I'm just trying to take care of my household. I don't even want to make my mouth go. I just want to win before the system that I'm in gets a hold of me again and starts to squeeze under my chin until I'm out cold. Dear rappers, can you help me? I'm even take a selfie with your album that I bought. I got every single CD that you ever dropped. I spent everything I had. Like, yeah, rap sings about this stuff, like... I just don't why understand like when people specifically right leaning people go directly after hip hop and rap for singing about these things or for having any type of uh, capitalistic like intentions towards earning money from their music. I don't think he's they demonize it. Yeah, I was gonna say too. I don't even know if he's a right leaning person in the in the like breath, oh, I'm not, of, in I'm the not, breath of his like catalog. Yeah, we're not even there yet. Yeah, yeah. but like I mean, that is a right leaning talking point. Like, oh, all hip hop is is just fucking about money and bitches. And like, have you heard a country song ever? Yeah, like yeah. they're either about drinking, doing drugs, killing someone, or fucking bitches and getting money. Well, like, that's a, what it's all about. All music's about that. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's music. Yeah, this is this is a classic stance of like something that we've talked about a few times on the podcast where we say like some music is for you know being intellectual and, and deep thought and some music is just for the party and i, I think with, with but it's almost like, exclusively 
hip hop that gets in trouble for it being the for party. being about the party. Absolutely, and especially coming from a rapper who rapped about the same things. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the biggest thing that struck me about this. Like from listening to his first three records, like he's constantly talking about like doing drugs, getting drunk, uh, hooking up with girls, having like expensive shit that he doesn't actually have. It's all that type of like big boy rapper type of shit. And then he makes one song where he calls it out because he's feeling like different about it because he's been all depressed and he's had some kind of mental breakdown. And like, and it, the thing is like the song, like I think it's all right to criticize like anything, like yeah. in, in terms of like the right to like say something that is provocative. I, I think this song is essentially fine. It's just, hypocritical to who he actually is by this point he just changed overnight to where he feels and way. also yeah. all of those it's rappers a- he had on that cover sing rap about deep like actual important things they talk about mental health and the struggles they're going through it's not they do do you know goofy party music for about the money and rap and you know the quote-unquote street life and shit, but they also rap about like their struggles that they have mentally and like to bring a, a mental health awareness to a community that is largely neglected in that aspect. I'm gonna say to uh, just on this song, dear rappers, which it's like fine or, or whatever, but I think to to criticize mumble rap, especially at this time in 2017, is it's a pretty lukewarm take. Like, yeah, it, it was really the wave. Yeah. You had know. Joe Budden every day putting out hot takes. You know, so but this did this did catapult him to a, a level of success that he had not seen yet. Because he did like ultimately like he did articulate the f- the the fullness of a single message where I could imagine a lot of people who feel some type of way about mumble rap they find the song on Facebook and they're like wow like he's he's saying some real stuff that not many other people are saying at least like in this type of medium and that resonated with a lot of people and even from the get go it resonated with I think a lot of people who were like genuinely into rap that maybe had these feelings but it just by by extension began to probably resonate with people who were liking rap for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Who were like, okay, cool, so you're criticizing rap. Yeah, I don't like rap, but they don't really... It's not for these reasons. Yeah, so, like, yeah, like yeah, like I said, so, like, to, to come at mumble rap and, and take umbrage against mumble rap, especially around this time, it's it was pretty, like, common. To do it in a rap song, even, still fairly common. But, uh, like we said, from where he was coming from before with his rap, and to turn around and start preaching a about attacking these rappers for doing the same thing. It's a little bit of a testament to the wishy-washiness that we're going to see from Tom McDonald going forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and speaking of going forward, are y'all ready to get to his next big hit? Um, so, though Dear Rappers gave him a taste of, of some actual success for the first time, he didn't go fully viral until he released a single and music video for a song called White Boy. <laughs> Which quickly generated millions of views after its initial release in February of 2017. One of my favorite of of this of this uh, research is was listening and watching the video for White Boy because it seems to go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Let's can we just play a piece of that? We don't have to play the whole song, but just a clip of White Boy in the video. <laughs> I cannot feel guilty for shit that I didn't do but I can understand the reasons why you think that I should yeah I'm white but I never put your neck in no noose and I never burnt a cross or hit my face with a hood you can't just label me racist cause I'm related to people who did some terrible shit way back before I was alive my parents brought me up to treat everyone as an equal I refuse to feel ashamed cause of my pretty blue eyes fucking nuts okay okay anyone who labels me as that 
fucking Nazi, fuck a white supremacist. I like, I like that he says that, because I feel like he needed to be clear. Alright, before we unpack those lyrics real quick, I just wanted to talk about the video of this, or, or even just the timeline. So, Dear Rappers, he starts to blow up, and this is the next song that he does. The next viral song. Yeah, so if you were kind of thinking, if, if you were the person that listened to Dear Rappers and you were, li you were liking a song that was hitting on rap for the wrong reasons, then you listen to this song and you're like, now we're talking, baby. I think a more appropriate title for this song should have been Dear Black People. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get, no, we'll get, we'll get to it. Because, like, that. I mean, that's, that's who this song is for. It's, like, literally, like, shaming black people for, like, He's being upset about the circumstances that they've been put into due to systematic racism. And making him feel weird about it. I'm a white guy. Deal with it, snowflake. Basically. And making him feel weird about it. Exactly. Well, what, well, what, so, go ahead. Go what, ahead. He, what he does in, like, this song is he kind of positions himself as if, like, like white people are, like, under attack. As if, like, it is a racial issue that no one's talked about. Like, this idea that, like, white people are, like, wholesale just being attacked just for being white. And, like, that's not really happening. There might be areas where people get bullied for being white. But, like, it's, it's it, especially this guy growing up in Canada, I just feel like he's only responding to, like, Twitter haters. This is, he's responding this, to the internet. This reminds me of, like, have you ever heard about, um, you ever studied, like, the Roman Empire or, like, heard people talk about the Roman Empire? Yeah. Like, their big thing, like, the big thing I've always learned as, like, even as a child was that, and especially in church, where that Christians were tossed into the Colosseum to the lions and fed for their enjoyment. Yeah. There has never been a shred one single time where that has ever had any historical proof behind it. That is just something that Christians made up as a martyrdom thing. Yeah. Like, that's not a true statement at all. <laughs> it's actually, but it's something we believe, and it's the same thing. He's trying to victimize himself in this narrative, and they're, like nothing's happening. You're not getting shot in the street. You're not having... I, like black uh, Black Panthers coming to your house and setting a cross on fire in your yard, like nothing's happening to your people. I think this song, I think this song uh, hits a little harder with the video itself. Like to hear the song alone might not do it justice. I, I want you guys to like watch the video because it takes place in like a classroom, and and just like you're saying about the martyrdom complex of Christians and stuff, you know, like he he's. The way it takes place is that it's a classroom uh, fronted by a black teacher, and it, it starts, it opens with Tom McDonald raising his hand, and then he opens with the lyrics straight out of nowhere. Like, it makes me imagine what the lesson for this class could yeah. have been that, made, that prompted Tom to feel like he needed to say this out the get, but he says, I cannot feel guilty for shit that I didn't do. Yeah, what, what, <laughs> like, out of, it seems so out of context. And, it seems and, like they're just in the middle of class. I'm but, imagining just, like, because, like, I am a teacher, so, like, to me, this does kind of resonate <laughs> on, like, a different level, where, like, I imagine going into class, having, like, my warm-up, having whatever we're doing that has nothing to do with what he's talking about, and then he just raises his hand, and I'm like, what's up, man? Like, in the video, the teacher is like, yeah, like, he's enthusiastic calling him. Like, yeah, man, I'm picking on you. And then he's just like, I refuse to, to be called racist because I, I, didn't, I didn't, like, hang anyone with the noose, so I got to pat myself on the like, back for I that. Literally, <laughs> let's take this in the most practical situation it could have ever been. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a lesson about slavery and things that happened in slavery. Yeah. And Tom McDonald raises his hand and says... I cannot feel guilty for shit that I didn't do. Hold on. Now we're going to get to the wishy-washy shit in the very second line. 
but I can understand the reasons why you think that I should. Yes, and I think that's what's interesting is, yeah, he's always... Yeah, we got to unpack that for a second. So <laughs> what he kind of does in a lot of his lyrics is he is he's expressing his full, like, feelings about something, but he always... His kind of rhetorical strategy is just to kind of, like, sneak in these little things that kind of, like, decaf it just a little bit, where he's like, look... Like I'm, I'm going to say something that is offensive, but the only way I'm going to really get around it is just by saying, like, "Look, I feel you, though," and that's yeah. it. So yeah. he's gaslighting, and there's a lot of there's a lot of that gaslighting in the very first lines of this song. So once again, I cannot feel guilty for shit that I didn't do, but I can understand the reasons why you think that I should. But let me tell you all these different reasons, like you know, and, but, and so so uh, real quick because that shit fucks with me. Like it's like so you. Th- Think that we think you should feel guilty as white people, wholesale, should yeah. feel guilty, straight up. Like, like I every every like I understand why black people think white people like like everyone's saying white people should all feel guilty. Like it's like almost like he's missing the point. Entirely. But I don't yeah. even I don't even yeah I mean that's the whole thing is like no one's like wanting white people to feel guilty. They want them to acknowledge of the systems that are in place to continue holding back a, an entire race of people based on the color of their skin just through yeah old-timey racism like i mean that's what it is we just want to like we want an acknowledgement from those people that like there's this in place and like it's still not a level playing field for anyone exactly and and fine maybe he does he's a little bit ignorant to that but let's keep going i i cannot feel guilty for shit that i didn't do but i can understand the reasons why you think that i should and then the very next line, we're going back. We're, we're so we did the we did the like we did the shock fucking rock thing. Like come out with a wild line. We're we're in to this level now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we fence set, and then we jump back deeper with these next lines. Where are the next lines? Yeah, I'm white, but I never put your neck in no noose, <laughs> and I never burn a cross or hit my face with a hood. See, this is the thing, man. <laughs> is like the the right has this kind of like idea that like like no matter what you do. You're a Nazi just for feeling guilty. If you feel guilty for racism, that is your problem. Like, you can be totally, like, anti-racist without feeling guilty for being racist. Like, I think there's there's a lot of people have this obsession with, like, if I, like, admit that racism is a problem, it's somehow conceding something in themselves. Like, or that I've benefited from uh, white privilege or something, that I haven't had a hard life, or that, like, my struggles are invalid or something like that. Yeah. Uh which I get, I, I mean, to a degree, I can feel how some people might resonate with that. I don't agree with them, but I can see, like, where people are kind of getting this message. And even, the thing is, that's interesting about this video is, uh, I mean, and we're going to watch quite a few more videos, but um, if you, like, see the reaction to this, and if you go into the comments, you'd be surprised that something that would seem so, like, controversial has been kind of, like, celebrated, at least according to what you can tell on YouTube. Yeah, kind of a welcome with open arms by by a diverse group of people. Yeah, that's what I thought that's what I found the most intriguing is like you would think that it would be all just like basically like redneck type like conservatives who are like I didn't like rap much but then I found this guy, you know, and that is a lot of what it is, but it's really not just that. It's like it's a very uh apparently racially and gender diverse group of people that I that's what kind of intrigued me about this. Yeah. Uh, I, I think as far as the going back and forth and the, like, uh, shock value uh, lyrics and then fencing in the same, like, breath, I think that is a little bit of shades of his, like, pro wrestling past 
and the way you build a wrestling match, you know, you know, it's a little bit, it's it's choreographed to an extent, but it's also like you know, you're you're kind of uh, improving a little bit where you kind of want to let the let the let the bad guy get over a little bit for a while before you turn it over and let the good guy when he's playing up a little bit where he's like hey i'm gonna say some wild shit and then i'm gonna do a little fencing and i'm gonna say some wild shit and take Mm -hmm. you to that precipice and fucking keep doing that he's doing that with kind of edgelording yeah in rap lyrics he's finding he's finding just the type of way that he can like get to what he's really trying to say by by kind of like sprinkling all these things to make it like ease the blow in in a sort of way, I don't you know? even know. If, yeah, yeah, I don't even know if it's like that's the thing. If it's what he's really trying to say, or if it's just what he knows will get a reaction. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting is like when that song came out, like we said, it went completely viral, and as you can imagine, it did start to come under fire for accusations of racism. So as much kind of like love it would seem like he's getting, there's definitely a lot of people who were picking up on this who just kind of didn't fuck with it. But by my by what I've overall been able to account for is. Not many people really gave a fuck at first, like well, as he, far as I've been able to see. Well, he said that White Boy was a re- a response video to the reactions he got from dear rappers. Yeah, from comments. And that's the thing. It's all just Twitter comments. It's all <laughs> like his whole from here on out. Every song that we're about to talk about, because we're about to get into all of them, is just a big Twitter response. That's yeah. all it is. This is all just someone talking to the internet. This is not like real life type of shit. This is all just like imagined, uh, performative, you know, martyrdom complex. Imagine, basically, martyrdom complex and imaginary enemies. The one yes, thing I was yeah. going to say about K Town's point about the martyrdom complex and the video for White Boy. I know we want to move on from that, but like it takes place in a classroom where he raises his hand and says all this controversial shit and everyone in the classroom is looking at him like he's crazy like how dare you the lyrics are like white boy you can't say that and whatnot and everyone's looking at and they're throwing fucking papers at him and he's being ostracized for his beliefs yeah imagine that so it's it's like (laughs) acting out a first a lot of people who are watching this this is acting out that fantasy for them absolutely you know this video is like acting out where it's like just because you know the type of white person who's like oh like I, being white is so hard. Like I'm a white guy. I'll get called racist just for being racist. You know, like that type of attitude that is appealing to them. And sure enough, he he acknowledges in a, in a in a video where he's saying that a bunch of white supremacists were contacting him and like congratulating him and telling him like, "Wow, great song! I'm so glad that you did this." And he said he did not like that. But regardless, it got their attention, and that's important moving forward. What do you mean it got their attention of white supremacists when he had lyrics like, don't tell me how to see it through my white eyes? That got the lyrics of white supremacists? Because that's the thing is like, he makes some points in the song, but then he he makes a line like that that can be so loosely interpreted by the worst people with the absolute worst intentions. You don't want to be ambiguous with that type of shit. I, like, I, I want to yeah. almost call it dog whistling, but like he's so smart about not doing a dog whistle that like it's borderline. It's yeah. borderline. Like it's it's almost like but that's what I'm saying. When you're talking about these type of uh, these type of things in our in our cultural climate, as a foreigner, yeah, and you acknowledge even in the video that we saw of him talking about, he he like had to like prep these people before the video to like explain to them what he was doing and stuff. The so, the social climate in Canada, in terms of like race relations and and that type of thing, is completely different than it is here in America. Um, and like quite simply put, like I wasn't prepared for. Um, that how intense the the racial shit is out here. Obviously, like the roots in America run far deeper than they do in Canada. So it was like pretty eye opening to come out here and 
especially like under Donald Trump's administration and everything that that perpetuates, um, it was pretty like eye-opening for me to um, to experience that. But then you're gonna prod it then with a song like this. Yeah, immediately like you don't you, like you admit that's the thing like, with yeah, ambiguous fucking like tones of, of certain things that like you shouldn't be ambiguous about. You know, yeah, that's the thing is like I know we really want to move on, but like there is a lot to say about the song, and there's actually a video, yeah, like like you were mentioning where he. It's a document of him talking to the actors, playing them the song so they knew the lyrics and talking to them about it. And yeah, this one guy, this one black man is like, Oh, I was just gonna ask him, what makes it good? You need to like justify that you're not racist. And then he kind of like just goes off on this thing about like, well, uh, I'm from Canada, so I don't know shit. And then I came here and I felt like I knew shit, so I decided to participate in a conversation that I have nothing to fucking, that has nothing to do with me. I lived in the ghetto. Yeah, he moved to he, the ghetto from he, fucking... He literally brags about that, that he moved to the the ghetto, quote-unquote, of L.A. Yeah. When he came Which from... Like, so, like, he, that makes him... yeah. Okay, but even if so, like, you move to a, a bad neighborhood in L.A., that doesn't all of a sudden make you a fucking knowledgeable source of racial tensions in yeah, the United yeah. States of America. Like, that, like... <laughs> Let's go. Let's move. Like, on. what is this? I, yeah. I didn't like, think literally, I get, like, yeah, literally, that is like white colonization shit. Like, white exploitation films going to like fucking South Africa and videotaping some black kids and being like, "Oh, I know all about them now. Let me show you this." Pic. <laughs> like, look at them. They're putting pics in their ears and shit. Like that. That's the same wave. Like, oh, I lived in the ghetto, so I can tell you why yeah, yeah, it's not right. racist that you're getting beat by a cop. Yeah, he feels he feels that like that gives him like an extra card to be able to like. Like he treated issues. it as a safari trip. Okay. All right, All right Tal McDonald. I, I, fair enough. It took a couple weeks, but you triggered me with that one. Okay. So from here on out, we're just going to kind of just go through video after video in order of the release and talk about them. And this is not going to be every music video because he's put out literally dozens of music videos. But he these puts are out so a new video like every two weeks. Yeah. He like he pumps them out like YouTube, like a regular YouTuber, but they're like these professionally made videos. It's crazy. But he's pretty much been doing it since since 2018, which was uh, the year that I think the white boy actually like song really started to get huge. Um, and his next song is Politically Incorrect, which came out June 29th, 2018. So let's listen to that. Pump that shit. My generation's afraid of opinions. Y'all so intolerant. They're ashamed of themselves because they're privileged and whiter. They're black and the opposite. You get charged with harassment for hugging a woman or giving a compliment. Y'all way too sensitive yet. Offended to death. Bring all the coffins in. I swear that y'all are mad at everything that don't affect your life. Hey. I swear that y'all believe that being offended just means that you're right. Hey. I swear that y'all just want to be the only ones who everyone lies. Hey. If I swear at you ninnies, you probably so triggered you cry. And nobody wants to be real. Everyone's scared of how everyone feels. So, this is the thing is like, I, I again, I, I do believe that a person should be able to say what they want to say. And he is like, he's giving his critique basically of woke culture. That's basically, this is a criticism of woke culture. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is like, no one's not allowed to say whatever they want to say. They, they are physically saying it. No one's coming to their house, throwing them in handcuffs, pulling them out into the street and blowing their brains off like they do in some countries in the world. They have the right and freedom to say it. Freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequence. Yeah. You still have a consequence from anything and everything you say. Yeah, so if, if you sign up for a private company 
and they give you a term of service that you agree to and you make an account and then you spew some crazy ass shit that goes against their terms of service, they have every right in the world to cut you off from their service. So Donald Trump lost his Twitter account because he said dumbass shit. Blame capitalism. If you work for yeah. a multimedia conglomerate yeah. and you go on your fucking social media account and say that... you that, probably signed a contract that <laughs> you wouldn't do this shit. Yeah, and then you say shit like, hey, man, I feel like a Jewish person during the Holocaust because <laughs> I think all lives matter or I think blue lives matter or something. And and multiply, and they have multiple offenses saying kind of uh, sketch sus shit, shit. sus-ass shit like that. Hey, yeah. You might get fired. You might get cut off from that account. I think I think who's being all too sensitive is someone comparing losing their Twitter account to being in the Holocaust. Yeah. I think <laughs> you're the sensitive one. Well, I mean, just looking at this song on its face value, like its lyrics, it has lyrics like, you get charged with harassment for hugging a woman or giving her a compliment, in which he's kind of trying to say that, like, oh, he's specifically kind of referring to like the Me Too movement as if that has gone too far. But... That's not what's happening. It's yeah. not hugging a woman. It's raping or sexually assaulting a woman. And it's not giving a compliment. It's sexually harassing a woman. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, is like no no, one, no yeah. one's canceling anyone for saying, hey, how you doing? Oh, you look good in that dress today or anything like that. They're canceling Louis C.K. because he's masturbating in front of people or Harvey Weinstein because he's backing a woman into a couch and raping her. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 lyric, uh, it didn't make my list of uh, lyrics to unpack, but it, it came close along with a uh, uh, one that said all our fa all our heroes got me tooed or are rapists, which is like who are your heroes then? Damn. Yeah, yeah, like what are you trying to say exactly there? That I mean, got, I'm, they got I'm me sure, tooed. I mean, Louis C.K. used to be. I think Louis C.K. was one of the most talented comedians I've ever listened to. He was he was amazing at his craft. I think his art was very good. He had a good way of making me think of things, and I enjoyed his comedy. However, despite how much I loved and how big of a fan I was of Louis C.K., I could never support him ever again. After that shit, yeah. It's because kinda, it's, he... It's gross, dude. He's disgusting. Yeah. Um, he also another lyric... Hold on. Another lyric in the same... In the shade of that same shit is uh, uh, one from a different song that said, well, Every dude who touched a boob or booty getting me tooed. What you expect from kids who went to Hooters after school? Yeah. So I'm like, that's an that's an letter song called "People So Stupid." You get thrown yeah. out at Hooters if you grab a girl. Yeah. Like security comes over and throws you out. Like that, just because oh something's there and you can look at it doesn't mean you you have the right to touch it. Well, it, well a big oh, thing that he's doing specifically in this song is just kind of bringing up things that where people are like, so it's wrong to say this. Like he, he brings up again, like the R word. He's responding to like a very specific kind of like PC culture thing. How like, uh, we generally consider it bad taste to say the word retarded. And he's like, if someone says this, then it ruins your weekend. And he's like criticizing that aspect in this song. So he's just kind of like hitting all those like little, he's pressing all those little buttons, you know, like, Hey, remember when we didn't get shit for saying this word, you know? And it's like, again, like you're, people are just getting criticized, right? People are just being told, Hey, like you shouldn't say that because it's like offensive. No one's burning them at the stake or canceling them for that specifically. The people that do get canceled, it's because they do something that's actually ridiculous. And that's the funny thing is he's always talking about like, yeah, they're always after me there. Like I'm getting canceled, but it's like, you're still here saying what you're, you're saying your piece, man. Like, 
in, until until Tom if Tom McDonald ever gets canceled, it's going to be because he like incited like violence. It's not because of anything he says, unless he actually says like genuine hate speech, which he he never really gets to that point for sure. And and we also we'll probably take a, a deeper look at someday in the cancel culture and and into woke culture. But there is something to you got to say. There yeah. is there's something to uh uh like 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 using the word like for the R word or or maggot with an F and words like that that probably I know like our generation when we were like in younger and middle school was like very commonplace to throw those words around. We use those words, yeah. yeah was, you know, I like, mean, I and and. I, and and you learn and you grow yeah. as a society. It's not about canceling yeah. and and about like and about just making you a bad person, but it's about learning and growing. Yeah. Why those things affect people and yeah. why you probably shouldn't. You know, we learn and we move and you, and and it's it's people like 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 Tom McDonald and that kind of edge lordy kid in your high school class. He was like, oh, why can't I say blah blah blah? It's like, sure. Sometimes those people come in handy for certain things, but like, is this the hill you want to die on, man? Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest it's, thing about like the the super anti PC stuff is it? Yeah, it's a hill that you want to die on, and I I get the impulse. It's basically like, okay, society at large is changing and telling me what to do, and that's what they get upset about. But it's well, like, okay, consider the implications of what it is that you are doing. So I get I get the where the feeling comes from. Well, I I think I have a a, a fairly unique look on this because I was Tom McDonald when I was 15, you know, I felt like I should be able to say the N word with an A because like, I didn't mean it as racist. It was just a word that people sang in songs. Things were a little bit different for our generation. Well, but that's on. what I'm saying. Like, you know, I thought saying the R word was cool. I thought calling everyone the F word, like I didn't mean it as being homophobic. I just meant it as a word, you know, everyone used it. So it was cool. Like I, I was Tom McDonald when I was 15 but we all grew up. I mean, I'm sure some of us all here have said something stupid. Yeah, of course. Or something yeah, that we absolutely. could not imagine when we were young. But we grew up. We realized the implications of those words. Whether we meant malice behind them or not, we realized what it meant. We grew up. We looked at it. We took in broader view. We became empathetic to other people other than our just our fucking egos. Their whole fear is, is like, if I can't say these words and like my freedom has been taken away... I don't say these words anymore. My freedom hasn't been taken away. I still live the same life that I lived before those words, and I'm still going to live the same that I lived after those words. Nothing's changed. I just don't hurt anyone's feelings or make someone feel um, discriminated against in my day, and I think that's a positive. Like, yeah. with, I'm, I'm, I'm by me just not spewing just random fucking words out of my mouth, I'm not hurting someone. Like, how is that, like... Your freedoms will be taken away. The word really means that much to you that you need to say it, and people should just get over it. Like, no, well, fuck the, you. The dude. thing is, the uh, the argument that I've that I hear a lot from this type of perspective is they throw around the term um, uh, uh, virtue signaling a lot, and it kind of becomes a catch-all phrase to address anything, anytime that someone like cares about other people. And to a degree, I mean, yeah, there is virtual signaling out there. There are like very like performative woke people. That is definitely a thing. And we'll get to a song called Fake Woke later on. There's definitely people who are very performative with it, but that doesn't mean that every single person that feels like they want to be a little bit more empathetic and kinder to people is doing it just to put on an act. You know, and that's that's like the whole thing. But are y'all ready to move on to the next song though? Yeah. So what yeah, so we gotta move on. This next song and we're not making this up, it's called Straight White Male. Really on the nose with this one. 
I'm not gonna lie, this is this is the uh, the catchiest one of the bunch. <laughs> so let's vibe out to this for a second. Straight white male, hate myself. Mad that my skin's so pale, got white privilege, so I cannot fail. The world told me I'm evil still. I break the law, but I escape the jail. My diet only mayonnaise and kale. I went to school and I pay my taxes. I used the grammar, I'm bad as hell. I'm not a Nazi. I like black people, black Jesus, black Santa, black coffee. I'm not a racist. I like Hispanics and Negroes and natives and Asians. Black power says I'm the problem. Girl power says I'm the issue. Gay rights think I'm trying to stop them. I'll let y'all chip and I'll get you some tissues. Y'all have been painting me villainous. I'm not the one setting fire to your villages. I'm not the man that is raping and pillaging. I do not care if my neighbors are immigrants. Maybe all whites look the same and you think that I'm somebody else. So it's cool. Honestly, I think that everyone looks alike if they aren't white. And I'm sorry, it's true. <laughs> Straight white male I have it all, I'm the one that you love to hate Straight white male Police pull me over, I LOL in the face Straight white male okay. Alright, so we... For before we get into these lyrics, this a little bit. <laughs> let's get into just this chorus, dude. What a decision for a chorus, just straight wide male. His chorus, chorus. his chorus is never fucking land with me. Like I, I will admit, I think he's a talented artist. I think he's a talented yeah. rapper. I don't like his songs. I don't uh, think they're bops. They're kind of like like Eminem slash whoever's popular at the time, like flow and cadence ripoff. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Not. I'm not trying to hate on him, but not really my bag personally. And then you take away. Then once you take away, like what he's talking about, it's like, ugh. yeah. But his choruses really. If if the songs are like catchy, even the choruses are really lackluster and like bro, fucking bro. Straight white male. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, a failed wrestler from Canada, and I'm pretending to be an American. I'm glad that you said that because that's the thing is like he, the the music is very well produced. The music videos are really well made, and like he has a competent flow that establishes. He's talented. He is talented. I won't. I will not knock his like talent <laughs> as an artist. Um, it's just like the lyrical content. So this song. Yo, is yo, a, yo. You know who else is a talented artist? George W. Bush. I, I mean, oh, it's a some degree. He paints he paints great pictures of like children dying of uh, war crimes. Okay, well, we don't need to be making a bunch of like, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> lyrically, this song is the sequel to White Boy. It's kind of expanding upon that central theme, but it's doing this kind of like weird joke where it's actually like playing the role. Of the uh, like all the stereotypes that we have of white privilege, and the whole song is that like uh, the, like I get pulled over by police, I LOL and they face. You know, guess I'm yeah. to blame for the life that you can't escape. Like it's just like that's kind of that like one a, made it to my fucking unpackable lyrics. Like a uh, straight white male, the police pulling over, I LOL in their face. I thought that was interesting because the song is taking this. Go ahead, Payne. Go ahead. Yeah. So like he he's taking this like perspective where. Um, as if as if all of this is like a joke and it's like not true yeah he's he's kind of like spitting in the face of all of this it's a very sardonic like take on 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 like the very it's a sardonic take on the actual lyrics he's saying so he's saying straight white male i'm the reason why your life is so bad i'm the reason why you know you can't get ahead in life i am uh uh 
uh, you know, he's blameless. trying to position. He's trying to position like himself as if he's a scapegoat. Like being white is the scapegoat for everything else. Like all the other problems that work that people are complaining about as a whole. He's just kind of saying, "Oh, it's just because we're white." Yeah, yeah. So it's a sarcastic. Yeah, hold on, take. hold on, hold on. But literally, being white in present day is the same thing as being a Jew. <laughs> In 1935, okay. Well, he's not you're, saying you're that. You're trying to, be to fair. say you're trying to say I own the banks. You're trying to say I'm the reason why you can't get a job. Everything's my fault, okay? So it, it's not, literally he, the Holocaust against the white man. Well, to be fair, he's not making a direct correlation between himself and the Jews during the Holocaust, but he is positioning himself in that same kind of position where, like, we are like an afflicted people, and like somehow the world is out to get us. So he's out not to making get us. Yeah. yeah, he's making it as if it's to be like that, and he's making fun of it in the song by playing the entire like the role of the privileged white person, pretty much saying like, yeah. So he's trying to satire that, but it's like, dude, like. You're this just is, saying the, what people say. Like this is another song that the visual of the video really helps you, like, kind of see the song just, because it's a courtroom yeah. uh, scene where he's in court and he's on trial. I'm assuming for being a straight white male. Yeah, and, I suppose and, so. Yeah. It, it makes it makes no sense to me how, like, literally our last video, um, he was just like calling out people for being sensitive and getting offended at everything, and then like getting offended that like people are like telling him he eats mayonnaise and kale and like yeah. Um, yeah. fucking yeah. that like he has uh, some type of privilege in any way, shape, or form. It's like you're calling everybody so sensitive, but you are the most sensitive one here because no yeah. one's even like really coming at you, you like that went from being in a classroom getting paper balls thrown at you to now you're on fucking trial yeah <laughs> this is exactly it's in, the evolution you win yeah. yeah, yo but the next video evolution. he's on a cross yeah yeah he's, he's, it really is it, it really is it's really a story like yeah he was the kid in class saying stuff and at this point in the story of Tom McDonald now because he said some shit in class he's going to jail for it white boy <laughs> don't say that now you're on trial for being a straight white male but one, th one thing that really kills me again is like you know he can say his opinion has as kind of like ignorant and tasteless as it may be but the song does have a part that is straight up actually transphobic like he kind of like he, whenever he's with race and homophobia you can't re like he covers his bases a lot i don't really think that he is like genuinely racist or homophobic but there is an actual like real trans joke in the video and that he will later on make a trans comment in another video so th no matter what, that is in the bag. Okay, so y'all ready to move on to the next one? Yeah. So this is a, this is a side story. So we've gone from the classroom talking about being a straight white male. And now we're going to jail for it. But now let's take in the perspective <laughs> of another side, an, an reflective moment where we can ask ourselves, if I was black. <laughs> so again, uh, this, I think this is the second time I brought up this movie in this podcast. White man's burden with John oh, Travolta. Yeah, yeah. We gotta watch that fucking movie dude because that is this song yeah so again this song is called and again this song is called if i was black he just took it there white boy straight white male now he's just like fuck it dude if i was black <laughs> yeah i'll speak for them basically finally something for the black people yeah well, you, we got we gotta talk about this visual man this visual comes in wild okay okay if i were black by Tom mcdonald this video opens with <laughs> this video opens with please look this video up it opens with tom mcdonald on a ving rames type uh body of a black man yeah it's but his it, face superimposed crudely crudely like superimposed over a, like a big black man and uh and and he's gonna tell us about the plight of the white man 
He's going to tell us about what he would do if he was black. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, he's going to be a white dude telling us about the plight of the black man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you okay. get it. You get it. Here we go. If I was black. If I was black, probably wouldn't fuck with anyone who's white. Because that slavery shit would honestly always be on my mind if I was black. Probably wouldn't ever want to drive. Because if police pull me over, I might fuck around and die. If I was black, I won't lie. I'd be scared to walk in. No. Not in, not on Black History Month. Not Dude. dressed like a Black Panther at a rally at a Panther meeting. Stop. He is in front of a Black Panther meeting, has a white person in this imaginary tale, and everyone's like listening to him. I'm sorry. Go no. off on his shit. We don't need and, to watch and now, anymore. And now, black song. a black mouth is uh, photoshopped onto his face and onto talking his, form. Onto his fucking face. Yeah, we don't need to hear any more of that song. So this is a wild <laughs> one because like. He's he's coming in seemingly with like uh, the intention of trying to acknowledge the struggle of black people and in this country with race relations and and the struggle against racism. So it's like he's I think in his heart he's really doing this in this way. Like he's, he's he's he thinks he's doing the right thing. He's thinking he he's, genuinely he's, does. He's thinking he's being an empathetic. He's thinking that like he's he's like, "Hey man, I'm showing solidarity." I could have been a Black Panther if I was black. <laughs> but he is just, I don't know how else to put it, he is just out of line Can on I tell this. you, did you, did you hear the origin story about this song? No. Okay, so this song literally came about, he was going to shoot the video, he was literally all lined up to shoot the video for a song called, uh, oh, fucking Buttholes or something. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, Or something yeah. like that. And uh, he had all the shit rented out or whatever, and he was about to shoot it. And him and his girlfriend Nova were at a pizza place eating some pizza, and two black guys walk into the pizza place. One guy had a high top fade, the other guy had uh, dreads with uh, bleach blonde dreads, and he had his dreads kind of tied back from the front, holding some of the other dreads. And and Tom McDonald said to Nova in 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 his fucking uh, you know prosthetic mind he's like you know what if i was black i would wear my hair like that so that and then and then he was like oh my god racism solved if i was black and then just completely extrapolated on it and positioned himself where he could actually speak on all of these things what if i was black dude it'd be so aesthetically cool if i was black bro i you know what i could wear my hair like that Chelsea Peretti had, and she has a stand-up uh, special called uh, One of the Greats. I, I love this stand-up special. But she has this uh, this bit where she talks about uh, what it's like to be a dude. And she's like... I wish I was a guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to feel what it feels like to have male confidence. Like, just that feeling. Like, it just seems like it must be so amazing. Like, my fantasy of what it's like to be a guy is you just wake up in the morning and your eyes open and you're like... I'm awesome! <laughs> People probably want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> Does that sound accurate? <laughs> like, I'm probably going to do something great today. That just rings... I'm like, that's what like Tom, Tom McDonald is doing with this. He's like, yeah. yeah. What if I would doesn't don't doesn't everyone want to hear about what I think I would do as a Canadian white, white man? <laughs> what I would do if I was black? Yeah. So let's look at some of these comments because again, what's crazy is like this is getting a lot of praise by a lot of people. 
I love this comment. Someone said, I'd like to see Tom do an If I Was a Woman vid. <laughs> oh, man. So, here... <laughs> who, who said that shit? Who the fuck said that shit? one of the shit? top comments up here. Christy Webb. <laughs> So a woman, uh, presumably. Shouts to fucking you. Here's the perspective. Okay, so here's the top comment. Oh, thank you, Nathan Ward. So Nathan Ward said, he's playing the stereotypes of black and white, showing how it's all bullshit. He did the same in straight white male. He's showing hall, y'all hall stereotypes is bullshit. A lot of misspellings in this this top comment. But um, but Nathan Ward is basically saying that, like, and... Okay, so let's maybe just read some more and kind of get a feel for this. So, um, he points out the reasoning behind a lot of what we see in Black Lives Matter while also pointing out the flaws, both in the organization and the actual system. People say he's playing one side or making fun of the other, but I think he's poking fun at both sides while pointing out the issue. Oh, oh I'm playing both sides so that I always come out on top. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I lo- I'm glad that, that you read that comment. Uh, shouts to whoever the fuck wrote that. Because I, I wrote down a couple lyrics that I wanted to unpack a little bit. As far as Black Lives Matter, I had a couple lyrics. I wrote down because we talked about how like he's kind of he's kind of fence sitting and wishy washy and I do think at the core of it he's doing this because it's trendy right now yes, and it yeah. gets views and likes it's it's clout chasing but anyway uh, as far as like the being wishy washy he's got a line that, in one song that says I think Black Lives Matter was the stupidest name when the system is screwing everyone exactly the same right okay fine that's a take uh, yeah that's that's fucking steaming hot take but then he has another line in another song where he says black lives matter is a valuable movement but all lives matter ain't racist or stupid it's non-black people that don't feel included and here's another thing that's crazy in this song it says if i was black i wouldn't give a fuck about the greater good my grandma can't afford her rent y'all gentrified our neighborhood all lives matter so stupid y'all hijacking our movement so like, he's completely you fucking get it so yes. you understand that's the exactly and that's the thing also in this song there's some lyrics where he talks about how like the media is dividing us how black lives matter is just meant to be this media device that is dividing us but like but you know that you're participating in something that is going to be incredibly divisive by doing this song you know exactly what buttons you're hitting you know exactly what you're doing and like you know the climate you know exactly pain, what's going pain, on pain we're gonna play both sides so we always come out <laughs> on top you get it yeah so after those songs, in 2020, he kicked off like QAnon and dropped 20 fucking singles with music videos that would be put on albums called Killing the Neighbors, Flowers for the Dead, and Gravestones. So he put out three records all in 2020, so he completely seized the moment of people being at home, listening. And, and you got to think, in 2020, this was going on in so many different ways. Conservatives got a lot more intense overall, and then he knew to hit while the fucking while it was hot. You know? Strike while the iron's hot, man. Yeah. Like he was like, "Oh, we're hitting the button, bro. Press it, press it, press it." And this is another thing where I gotta give it to him, bro. Like he's he's prolific. He's prolific as fuck to yeah. drop three albums in one year while under quarantine. Make videos for probably like I don't even know at least. At least a dozen songs, I'm sure, probably more. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, that's saying something. Yo, Kanye West wrote, produced, and recorded 808s and Heartbreaks in 48 hours. Bro, seven so summers. Fuck you. Hey. <laughs> All right, fuck you, Tom McDonald. So let's go through. His you songs. ain't shit. So let's go through his songs one at a time. So these first two songs were they actually the singles were dropped in 2019, but they were put on 2020 records. And the first one, I haven't been able to find a music for this, but it's just called "That's Gay." 
So I'll just read some of the lyrics, and you'll kind of get the point. Um, hey, everyone's gay, and that's not offensive. <laughs> it's something we say. It's not a kick in the gut. I ain't pinching your butt. I don't hate how you love. It's a phrase. It's really gay in our day and age. We take gay jokes so serious. You're a Fruit Loop. I'm a Cheerio, and they're both amazing cereals. And then uh, the chorus goes, like, come on, guys. No gay jokes. Get it? Come on, guys. Get it? L-O-L-G-B-T-Q. I'm kidding. You'll be fine. So he's... Again, prodding at pressing all those buttons, he knows what he's doing. He's like, hey, man, I don't want to stop being a middle schooler. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. And like, There's a song, there's a song, I think it's in Fake Woke, when he talks about, um, I want to bring this up, because like, he talks about how we grew up, and I'm assuming he means like millennials, because he's a millennial, how we grew up watching South Park, which is a very interesting point, because South Park is extremely offensive and we yeah. did grow up watching south, south park. park yeah yeah but it goes back to what i what i but even how south park grew as a show and exactly along with its audience yeah. along with like culture in general all right so y'all want to so move- are we fighting to say like that's gay is that what we were doing exactly once again it's the same thing as like with the r word in the other song it's just like this whole thing where like conservatives or people that like feel like, they're being oppressed for saying that's gay. They can all feel like, yes, we're being truly oppressed because now there's a song that makes a big deal out about it. But really, this is a very subtle type of thing. No one's locking you up for saying that's gay. You're like, yes, even if it is an offensive thing to say, no one's actually locking you up for saying that, like, that's gay. It just it just seems out of in bad taste. That's all there is to it. Um, so the next song is Cloned Rapper. So let's check this one out real quick. Yeah. The Illuminati knows the answers. Taking bone samples to clone rappers. To silence their vision, genetic copies going home after they look different, eyes shifted, smile missing, skin lifted. It's scientific. If they can't control you, they erase the old you. Get your duplication to enforce the message. The clone Gucci, clone Kodak, clone Eminem. He ain't raps his encore. Know that cloning rappers when they overdose to keep making money from producing more tracks. The game is a sham, turning the artists who challenge to sacrificial lambs. The labels and devils are shaking hands, creating our artists and labs. The executions have been televised. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So what is this song doing? Once more, another one of these bland choruses. I can't take it. All right. Uh, so this is another little just uh, random take. I think maybe this might have even been an offshoot. He might have shot for this in this realm a little bit before to see what button was hitting first. But, like, your boy was into conspiracies and shit. This song is about uh, the conspiracies of clone rappers, which was a thing, like, a few years ago. Do you think he really believes that? Do you think he's dead ass in this shit? After doing some of this research, yes. He, uh, I found him on a couple, uh, on, a, on a conspiracy podcast where they talked about just some of the conspiracies that he used to be into mm. i think he's kind of strayed away from a lot of that shit uh in general probably not to be associated with QAnon shit and whatnot but like yeah. also what he said what he said was that like he was into a lot of that maybe even dabbled in some of the flat earth shit and hollow earth and a bunch of other different conspiracies but that all of that shit and going down that rabbit hole yeah. brought a dark cloud on his life. And he had to, like, just completely let go of it. Not that he doesn't subscribe to some of those things, but just that he he can't... Be, I, it's kind of similar, like, to something that you said before. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I can't, like, put myself into it anymore. Like, yeah. Because, like, you know... It, it's interesting how, like, he kind of, like... uh obviously has walked the path of being like that type of right-wing person, but he has gone through it with a little bit more clarity in that like he has disavowed white supremacy. 
Um, he has realized that uh, these kinds of conspiracy theories are ridiculous. So he takes some reasonable moves while still kind of walking that same walk, which is what's kind of interesting. He's still kind of walking the walk of that hyper paranoid conservative, but he always knows like with, he always has a little bit more tact with it, which I will give him to a degree, but some of it, I feel like some of it is just kind of knowing marketing and being able to get a pass on some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that plausible deniability, being able to fence it just enough that like, Hey, you can't and say, hey man, I'm just a dude for the people. I say what I want. I'm not fucking for the right or for the left, you know? Deal with it, Snowflake. All right, so this is actually the song that, like, I first heard <laughs> when we first listened to Tom McDonald. And it was, it's still, in my opinion, the worst song with His no. His best work. Yeah. <laughs> to a lot of people, this said exactly what they wanted, but this is a song with no redeemable values. So let's listen to People So Stupid. Crucified now. How are we offended? Now being fat is beautiful. Name a thing that you can't do. Jumping jacks, run a mile, live past 42. Man, it used to be cool to just flip a bird to the system. And now it's trendy to be triggered and pretend you're a victim. It's my race, it's my weight. It's because I'm a Christian. I hate the internet and anyone who has an opinion. And everybody angry if you say white. Okay, fine. Pass me the brush and I'll paint my face to the shades right. Let's talk about abortion. Sorry, tell me how this works. Bacteria is life on Mars, but a heartbeat isn't life on Earth. Weird. So, like, literally, just got into semantics. Yeah, this is this is what a good example of how he just jumps around from random like right wing talking points. Like now, now he's actively pushing the button. Like he's like, what yeah. what can I talk about to just get that like, I haven't um, touched on so far? Abortion. Yeah, a reaction. Abortion. Fucking. Uh, uh, we'll mention race again. We'll mention fucking the whole set of this video is like a, a news uh, cast. So it's like a fake news vibe, you know, like, you know. The video depicts and this This is pretty much this is the evolution of uh, from white boy to um, what was the next one? Fucking uh, uh, straight white male. Yeah. So this is the evolution from white boy and straight white male. So like he was a, he was a kid in class who got sent to jail and had to go to court, and now he's on a fucking cross in this video. And there's the little yeah, subtitle. He's crucified now. Where it said, uh, man crucified for having an opinion. So once <laughs> again, like, it's not even, we're not even being metaphorical anymore. We're not even just exaggerating about this martyrdom complex. He's literally setting himself up as Jesus, although he's being ironic. He's, I think what he's trying to say is that this is how other people position themselves, as if, like, everyone's always offended, everyone else is always trying to be hurt by something, while actively doing exactly that. He's com he's criticizing complacency while being extremely <laughs> complacent. All he's doing is bitching about shit that no one's actually canceling him for. And that line, I do want to talk about the, the abortion line because that's just he just kind of threw that in there. Has just another kind of button for like the right yeah. to hear. Let's talk about abortion. Sorry, tell me how this works. Bacteria is life on Mars, but a heartbeat isn't life on Earth. Weird. Like, that's just such like a a total just. Dude, I almost I feel like I could teach a lesson on logical fallacies because that is just such a red herring. He's just like that's such a that's just a false equivalency. No one's trying to save life on Mars. Like you're you're comparing two things and you're making like an interesting kind of like point. Like you're making an interesting kind of like uh play on words. Like as far as like playing with language, that's fun, but 
that's it not. It falls apart right after that fucking like any any deeper look into it. Like, but to the average dumbass listening to this, they're just like, oh yeah, that's a point. That's just that's it's a score. Heavy, bro. Exactly, but it doesn't actually mean anything. There's nothing you can really get in on that. No, there's, it doesn't mean anything. Another one of these lyrics from this song made it to my fucking rude boy list. Um, now everybody offended if you say white. K fine. Pass me the brush and I'll paint myself till the shade's right. Who's offended if you say white? Yeah, what? What? And again, this is the thing. Okay, this is actually, I want to get on this. This is, as we've mentioned before, like there are a lot, if you search like Tom McDonald reaction videos, you will find a lot of positive reaction videos and they're not just who you think. They're not just like, like, uh, like redneck conservatives in a truck. There's a lot of like people who praise us very positively who are black hip hop fans. And I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been trying to consolidate that in my mind because I don't want to just cast it all into the same brush and say, Oh, like everyone who likes this is racist, obviously. Cause that's obviously not the case. But here's the thing. That's that, the button that he's pushing. Like, oh, you're saying we're racist, man, just because we don't agree. We can't think. Here's the thing that he's doing with, like, rap. Is rap is a genre that is based heavily on exaggeration and being provocative. And from just an out, from a, outside of the politics perspective, he's doing those things. He's kind of living in the tradition of rap in that he's, he's, he's using a lot of hyperbolic language. He's exaggerating everything, making it all extreme, making it this big story. Um... And to some people that are into rap, they're like, okay, cool. Like, you're giving your opinion. But what they fail to realize is that in the, like, a side effect of this is that it's also tapping into a very gr bad group of people who are just actually hateful at the same time. Um, this is weird. Feels like a different year. If I identify as female, will my balls and penis disappear? So, again, just that's just another, like, tasteless jab at trans people. Like, it's like... Even when he tries to kind of give some plausible deniability about like racism and homophobia, which again, I don't really think that he is either of those things, but like he has straight up transphobic points in his songs. He yeah. is straight up transphobic and there's not really any bones about that. Yeah, he's just hitting all the fucking marks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we ready to move on to the next song, Fake Woke. Yeah, Fake Woke is like his one of his newer songs that like this this is the one that really blew him up a little bit. This put him on Fox News. Yeah. Uh, it says it came out 3 weeks ago. So this is like Yeah, this is relatively new. Yeah, so we're in like we're in 2021. We're in like real hot boy territory. We are like on the pulse of what Tom McDonald is doing right now. I think it's crazy I'm the one who they labeled as controversial and Cardi B is the role model for 12-year-old girls. There's rappers pushing Xanax at the top of the billboard, but if I mention race in a song, I'm scared I'll get killed for it. It's backwards, it's getting exponentially dumb. It's more difficult to get a job than purchase a gun. Eminem used to gay bash and murder his mom, and now he doesn't want fans if they voted for Trump. We're ashamed to be American. You should probably love it, because you have the right to say it and not get strung up in public. As children, we were taught how to walk and talk, but the system wants adults to sit down and shut up. Cancel culture runs the world now, the planet went crazy. Label everything we say is homophobic or racist. If you're white, then you're privileged, guilty by association. All our childhood heroes got me too, or they're rapists. They never freed the slaves. They realized that they don't need the change. They gave us tiny screens. We think we free because we can't see the cage. They knew that race war would be the game they need to play for people to big teams. They use the media to feed the flame. Okay, so uh, real quick, I want to get into, like, we had to pause the song. There's a lyric right here I really want to, like, kind of break apart. This is like 
he says, they never freed the slaves. They realized they don't need the chains. They gave us tiny screens. They think we free because we can't see the cage. They know that a race war would be the game they need to play for people to pick teams that use the media to feed the flame. So again, he's acknowledging that like we live in a divisive world right now. And he's making it sound as if he's somehow providing a solution to that. He's, he's identifying the fact that we are more divided than we've ever been. But then he puts out something like this that is just it's pretty much it's it, again it's a song version of a tweet flame war who's against wokeness. The flames, yeah, who's feeding the flames? You us? are Tom McDonald. You're the one fucking feeding the flames right now. When you're saying show it that you know what buttons you're pressing. They so fake woke facts don't care about feelings. So he just straight up dropped the Ben Shapiro right there. Yeah. So this is just like so this is another testament to like the the people who aren't into rap. They get to rap. Ben Shapiro lyrics. So if you're a Ben Shapiro fan who like uh, feel like uh, you know facts don't care about feelings or whatever that entails, um, now now you can now you can listen to rap, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is like if you look in a lot of comments for these, you'll see a lot of comments from people who are like older, from like parents or whatever, who are like, you know, I don't really listen to much rap, but uh, something about this song, you're really on one, Sonny. You know, it's like. Here's one. Generally, this is even my type of music, but this cat is 100% spot on. Instantly, I'm a fan. That's a YouTube comment, a top YouTube comment. Wow, brilliant. He's Someone other- who doesn't listen to rap suddenly being interested in this form of music when they're talking about the, the talking points that you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So that's convenient. Yeah. Fucking incredible. So it kind of gets to the point is like, and I, I think this is kind of the good time to really say this, is like, he has just been riding a wave. This whole thing is just him catching a shtick that worked for him. And he knows, I mean, we talk, I think it's time we can kind of get into this. By yeah, this did point, we, did we paint it out enough for you with what we think is going on here? Kaitan, you had a good comment on this. Speaking of like his wrestling experience, you're really kind of seeing him play out that role of the heel. Yeah, he's playing, he's trying to be a heel. He wants to be uh, a hated figure by a certain crowd so that he can play off of the play off another crowd like it's literally like i said earlier there's nothing genuine about him he is playing this maga right winger fucking QAnon shit to make money mm-hmm. he's playing, he doesn't he's give playing about- on a bunch of things he's playing the maga thing because it's popping right now because it's divisive he's playing the sober thing, even though he's yeah. not like a, a, a dedicated he, sober he person. He literally, he could not make, he he would not be as big as he is without the MAGA shit. And, to, and no. again, to really prove that, you have to consider that every point in his life up to like recently, to this point where he starts getting big with like the, the political stuff, he was just doing what he thought would get him big time and time and time and again. And it never worked until he hit the, the fake... Um, well, we're at a very special, uh, interesting point in our time as a country. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, I, you know, you know, I, let's move on. Cause we, we can go, we're going to be able to wrap up soon. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Do we, do, do, the next song is coronavirus. We're not going to like listen to it real quick, but it is a song that 
surprisingly, the the song is actually mostly uh, just him kind uh, of lamenting coronavirus. Yeah, I don't got much with this song. It's it's just him talking about coronavirus. Yeah, he's just he's like he's he he kind of has like some subtle things. I hope to f- I hoped to find something where he was like on some anti mass shit. But I didn't find that in there. No, it's first, it's actually so. most of the song is pretty fine. He's just saying like yeah. coronavirus sucks. He's expressing the confusion. He's being cathartic, and I think that's fair. But there is uh, one line where he does say, "I guess it's time to pray to God. We can't rely." on the science and i think that kind of really that's like that little extra thing he's throwing in there so that it's like if you think you know what time it is there it is you know what time it is wink but wink exactly it's a wink it's a dog whistle to that crowd we can't rely on the science that's obviously taking a side on things all right so next song is no lives matter no lives matter this is uh this is not as new as fake woke, but yeah okay so i got these a little bit out of order but still no lives matter and then we're gonna wrap up with his most recent song. Hip hop diet is full of guys who cannot even rap. Facts. Media dividing us by colors, white or black. Facts. If you believe in Jesus, these days Christians get attacked. Facts. If you don't hate police, then everybody thinks you're white. And everything's so connected. Black Lives Matter got so aggressive. White folks who agree can't support the message. Both sides go to war because they don't respect it. Our okay. If you don't believe in police now, then everybody thinks you're whack. No, but if you're fucking bootlicking, then you look like a bitch, dude. Sorry, I'm like... If you if you can watch the Eric Garner video where a man is screaming for his life that he can't breathe, and then you watch as he slowly stops moving while an officer has his arm around his neck and is, and is putting pressure on his neck until the man dies, and you tell me that's not murder, then, yeah, you're fucking whack. And I probably would not like you. I probably wouldn't want to listen or see any of your art. And I probably wouldn't want to fucking know you because well, you're a fucking bootlicker. Well, again, he, he does this kind of false equivalency where he he just says, if you don't hate police and everyone thinks they're whack. So he like makes it as if like you must like he generalizes so many people as if they all hate police for one. And also this line is just so exaggeratory. He says, if you believe in Jesus, these days Christians get attacked. By yeah. this point, he is just throwing, well, hold we're on. full on just, we're just right-wing talking points just being thrown Bro, out. but also he ends it with facts. Yeah, facts. facts. These days, if you believe in Jesus, Christians get attacked. Yeah, every day, facts. every day when I walk into work and I work with a, um, I'm probably one of three men that work in my 200 plus um, employee business. And the middle-aged white women who all go to church, every time they walk into the building, I knock them the fuck out. Because when I see a Christian and I know they believe in Jesus, I'm attacking them. Don't let me see a crucifix. Don't let, yeah. You better not fucking say grace, bro. Because I'm knocking down your fucking... Dude, and the fact of the matter is, every time I see a Christian, I call the police and they get sent to the gulag. Facts. 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 All I need to say is facts and it's true. And there's another one he says black Facts, but, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought we're not supposed to hate on police, but they're also the ones putting us into the jail cells for being Christians. What is going on? I like, don't know what to think. He's just throwing out <laughs> he's just throwing out miscellaneous opinion these are literally just opinions. No, facts. And, but then he says facts. facts. <laughs> another line, uh, he says Black Lives Matter got so aggressive, white folks who agree can't support the message. So here's the thing <laughs> is white folks who agree can support the message and it's totally and, accepted. And constantly do. The thing is, is like what you're doing is like just because you in a few songs said yeah Black Lives Matter is kind of cool, but then spent the rest of your time shitting on it does not like that's why you, people are saying you can't support the message because you're not supporting the message. Again, it's just like he's all 
always kind of like building up this fake enemy and he's always putting himself in a position where he is antagonized. The only time I've seen white people get like booed out or like get in trouble for trying to support Black Lives Matter are the people that are going to these protests like with like a gun strapped to their chest or like they're purposely setting shit on fire or breaking windows like that's the only time I see people like get the fuck out of here. Dude, I feel like the majority of the videos I saw of like the riots where you saw like actual violence, like uh, like people breaking windows and stuff, like I would say like three quarters of those people were white. So that's like the thing is like that's like how would you talk about that specific problem about like in terms of like the the race issue with those riots instead of just taking on the easy right wing talking points and that's the thing he's always saying like oh I'm so brave for saying these things but it's like dude you're literally just regurgitating. Fox News. And by the way, by this time, he had been interviewed on Fox News. Oh, Fake Woke. They love it on Fox yeah, News. They this love song Fake Woke. Not my kind of music, but has a great message. Here's some other lyrics of the song, and it's so confusing. Black Lives Matter is a valuable movement, but all lives matter ain't racist or stupid. It's non-black humans who don't feel included. So again, <laughs> that's you that doesn't feel included in this. It's like Black Lives Matter for like the majority of people in it is not about white versus black. It's about everybody versus racist because the general, like, it's just, it's, I mean, we cannot break this down and explain it. We could be like, yeah. this is something that I feel is constantly having to be explained. by when people don't understand why people have an issue with All Lives Matter, they're considering that it is a reactionary movement. He explained it in that lyric we mentioned earlier. Yeah, like it's explained to you time after time again. You get why the argument's being made against it, but you still decide to be antagonizing while complaining about being antagonized. Literally, so Black Lives Matter for you fucking mouth breathers who don't fucking know is literally just saying at this moment, black people are disproportionately murdered by police and held in longer sentences for crimes that they commit than most other people, especially white people, in our current system. Through years of systematic racism that's been put in place since before any of us have been born. And they're just calling to that that problem. This is like our call. Like, hey, we're dying out here. We don't want to die. Please help us. And all lives matter is literally just someone standing in their face saying, no, you don't have problems. Yeah. It, and it's just, it, it, it's just, I'm a white it's guy. It's a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. It, well, how yeah. come he gets juice because he's diabetic, dude? He's getting juice because his blood sugar is low. Chill the fuck out. You're like a kid throwing a temper tantrum because the one kid in class with the pump has to get fucking juice sometimes because his blood sugar drops, and you don't get juice, so you're mad. Like, y'all are fucking children. What about my struggles? All right, so let's, yeah, let's go and wrap this up. Uh, but we do want to mention real quick, actually, there is another song called No Lives Matter that was that was released three years before this song called, uh, uh, well, called No Lives Matter by Body Count, which actually... It, it makes a different point. It makes it kind of it makes a similar point in the idea that like overall we are all being oppressed in some way against the system, but it does continually like emphasize like Black Lives Matter is a valuable movement. It's not like against Black Lives Matter. Whereas this song is specifically push positioning itself as against Black Lives Matter. Or at least not maybe against it, but it's kind of like discrediting it and saying it's valuable while also saying it's not. So it's it's just it's a it's a complicated thing. So let's go and wrap things up with uh, the most recent song that came out just before this this episode is dropping um, in early February, canceled. 
which is basically just him saying that he's independent and you can't cancel him. I can't be canceled, there's no way that you can stop me. Fully independent, there's no label who can drop me. Y'all been starting rumors, let me help you with some. Yeah. I'm a racist, I'm a sexist, I'm in love with Donald Trump. Y'all can't cancel me, my life is scandal free. There ain't no sponsors taking losses cause the brand is me. My hands are clean, my family and my fans agree. Y'all can't cancel me for facts because you're mad and weak. Go ahead and tell the world I'm ugly and racist. I braid my hair and I don't care about cultural appropriation. I lived in the ghetto, lived in South Central. There's no Caucasian. Okay, so basically, yeah, I mean, in this song, he's, I mean, I, what I will say about this song yeah, is... Yeah, he's got a point here. You can't, you can't shut him down. He's not, he's not tied to any label or anything. So he's not, he's not a part of some multi-million dollar conglomerate where, like, his views are gonna not make them money so yeah he's gucci yeah like i mean and that's the thing and and what's what's tricky about it again is like you're you're saying all the stuff about not being canceled but you're uh, about how you're not gonna get canceled it's like yeah because you just haven't been canceled like you know i mean you could be taken off of youtube if you were actually inciting like yeah alex jones was independent himself he literally was his own company yeah and, you like, he got canceled you can still get fully canceled the thing is that you know how he knows how to play it just right enough that he can always kind of stay above um and and the thing is like yeah i mean when it yeah, boils down you to don't it even, you don't even let the you edit out the fucking swear words in your song so that you can keep your videos monetized you know the game baby yeah exactly and 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 to some degree just has like a rap song if i if i take the politics out of it um i can see kind of even listening to this song i'm like okay you know what i'll give you some credit like yeah you're right you did do this all on your own and that's the thing and and i guess we're about to kind of close this up pretty soon but yeah, um let's shut it down maybe but you know i will give him credit for that much he is still a completely independent artist a couple of the things before i wrap up just a couple quick things that you might want to know um he says he doesn't actually support either political party he clearly is courting one of them but he he's, he does say he does not support either political party on that's what it says on paper um and one final little tidbit before we wrap this up None other than Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman from Georgia who was a QAnon supporter and still follows QAnon to a degree. Remember her? Actually likes Tom McDonald. She posted about him on Twitter. So your fate's sealed, Tom. Surprise. You, you're surprise. locked in. You're locked in for something. Yeah, you I know you're saying you don't you don't align with whoever the fuck, but you're locked in, baby. Exactly. Marjorie Taylor Greene starts supporting you, you don't denounce that shit. Well then you're you're signed in for the for the whole kitten caboodle. Yeah. He knows he knows what side he's on. Okay, so here we go. So this is this is a weird one because I think through this episode, I won't lie, when I first kind of approached it, I wanted to be very fair and objective throughout a lot of it, but it is very difficult not to spill our final opinions because usually what we do in this podcast is we give you the whole story of someone. We dig deep into who they are. We want to truly understand who they are. And then at the end, with a more informed opinion, we finally will tell you, are the good times killing us? And I know that throughout this entire episode, we've been kind of leaking our opinions a lot more than usual, um, but... This is where we roundtable it out and say, is this a good thing or a bad thing for society? Who wants to kick it off? I'll kick it off. All right. Because I want to keep this kind of short and sweet. Like you said, we've been kind of leaking in yeah. how we really feel about this thing. Tom McDonald, you stand before us. These three kings here, we stand to judge thee. And uh, we took a look at your work. We took a look at your art. 
And I'm going to tell you what, man, I seen a lot of flip-floppy, wishy-washiness, and that's the first sign I didn't like, man. Fucking, uh, you did the rap thing. I mean, you did the professional wrestling thing, which is, you know, sick or whatever. You did the, you did some wrestling in your past. You started rapping from the bottom, you know, and uh, and you, you wrote songs about what you knew or what you thought you knew or what you saw, you know. And then eventually, you know, you grew up. And you changed, and then you started preaching to people about it, and then you just started, when that didn't work, you started fucking uh, tapping into politics and right-wing talking points. And when that button hit, you fucking capitalized on it as much as you could. Now, when I first started watching this, I didn't think you were a very smart dude, but after uh, a little bit of research, I realized you're a lot smarter than I thought you were at first. Yep. And that makes me a little more like, you know, it makes it a little more despicable to me uh, what I think uh, you're doing. And that's just capitalizing on the divisiveness of our political fucking uh, climate right now. And and you, you fence it and you say one thing or another, but you have this real big martyrdom complex that a lot of people have, and you know who you're speaking to. You said on interviews that you have to constantly shoo away white supremacists. Uh, you know, who, who could imagine? Yeah. Why is that, you know? Like, you're, 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 you know the white supremacists like you, but then you don't shift gears. Exactly. So you have this martyrdom complex, and you create this imaginary enemy, which, like I said, you have some points that people relate with that maybe some of them have some valid points to it, but, like, you're acting like all these people, like, like, for example, like we said in the white boy thing, like people aren't like people aren't accusing you of being racist because you're white. People yeah. are accusing you of being racist because you're writing songs like white boy. So and if and, I was black, yeah, and if I was black, you know, we could go on the 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 list of your song titles alone make you sus as fuck. Long story short. I can't fucking, you know, I think you're a talented dude, bro. And I, and I also think that, like, the things that you do, like uh, like doing all the production and stuff in-house with just no label or anything, I think that's really fucking admirable. But long story short, I gotta say, as far as, like, the fucking rhetoric you're spitting and who you, you might not think you're talking to, but you who you're certainly talking to, the good times are killing us. Sorry. All right. Uh, you want to go next, K-Town, or should I go next? I can go. All right. Uh, Tom McDonald, you're whack as fuck, dude. Your music sucks. Um, I listen to a lot of weird, a lot of bad, a lot of corny shit, man, and you are just a fucking clown. <laughs> like, just straight up, you're a fucking clown. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm a overweight, balding, 31-year-old man who has, who only owns band T-shirts and Nikes. And you are a fucking clown. And that's coming from straight trash. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. You're a fucking fence sitter. Like, you know, you're feeding into white supremacy. You may not be racist, but I think that's even more fucked up. Yeah, I don't up. think he's racist. Like, no. the fact that you know you are just feeding into someone else's racism just for the benefit of a fucking check makes you... Almost as shitty as they are in my eyes. Like you know better. Maybe you're worse above this. You know better. Like you're you're literally taking advantage of that. Like fuck you, dude. Like straight up, fuck you. You're a clown. Your girl looks like she's done heroin. Um, <laughs> she probably fucked a violin. Like, your parents are fucking Canadian. You're a fucking. We don't need a, we you're don't. a fucking Hufflepuff. Like fuck you, dude. You're a Hufflepuff. Yeah, fuck me too, man. That's what I'm saying. Damn. Fuck you. 
The good times? Good times are fucking killing us. Fuck you, Tom McDonald. <laughs> All right. Tom, Tom, Thomas McDonald. So, you know, like I said at the top, when I first went into this episode, I came in with a very negative view, and I did the research. Um, I really wanted to understand, and I actually started from the tippy top. I started from, like, the beginning of his career, listening to his music, learning his story, and it was kind of weird because... I had gone into a deep dive of research for many days, and it, at some point I'd actually kind of disconnected from what we know him as now, who he was uh, uh, post, like, after White Boy dropped and so on, when he got more political, more hyper-political, more, like, divisive. And it was kind of a weird thing where I actually started to empathize with the guy. I was like, okay, this is a young content creator who has a drive to create, and I relate to that. I've always been a creator throughout all my adult life. I always have, I always have some type of artistic kind of endeavor that I'm doing. I'm always trying to I'm always trying to tap into something, and I admired that in him from going from like uh, entertainment wrestling to rapping and doing doing his own thing and kind of working things out in his own way and and really pushing towards something. I thought that was I think that is admirable. And his first three records, he's just like a guy trying to make it big in the rap game. And even though I didn't like listening to those records, like it wasn't really my bag. It was like, okay, you know what? It's this is fairly innocuous. It's it's fine. But then I remember coming over here again, like to do research together, and it was like I was like, okay, let's watch all the music videos recently. And it felt weird where like I'd actually gone through the process of empathizing with this person and seeing him as a human being, seeing him as a person who is smart and passionate, and then seeing those videos, and it it was just a weird experience of being reminded, like, oh yeah. This dude just completely sold out, but to him, he feels like he's being brave. And I think, I think to him, he's what he's seeing in his perspective and any kind of like positive side is he's saying, okay, I'm giving voice to people that are not given a voice, and I can get the essential kind of energy of that, and I can, I can, I can understand being like inspired when people come up and tell you and and tell you how great you are like and how brave you are for doing something and you know and a big part of hip hop music is to be provocative and to make some compelling points and a lot of it is kind of exaggeratory or whatever but like he's doing it all with a clear shtick and even if he is saying what he feels then all it is is just regurg it's not even like powerful points it's just talking points from Fox News in rap form yeah. that's all it becomes at some point and he doesn't really feel like he has a really creative, or he doesn't really have a really critical approach to this. And I'll give it to him. Like, like we've talked, kind of touched on before, we're going to eventually do an episode on like woke culture and cancel culture. And there are a lot of criticisms I have with that culture. I think a lot of times there's a lot of disingenuous people who think, okay, just because I'm woke means that I can be bad in all sorts of other ways. I can be disingenuous in every other type of way. There is, there's yeah. a lot of problems that woke culture does not answer for. And there are a lot of issues where there are people who don't really fully comprehend the full complexity of the issues that they're talking about even if they are forward-minded they just we've, don't we've mentioned on this podcast before people uh people in in league to win the woke olympics exactly like that is a serious problem and i appreciate stepping up to the plate to attack that but you're not doing it with tact or saying anything actually original you're just regurgitating talking points or even genuinely it, and, and yeah i mean i think to a degree it is a little bit genuine but it's just it's like uh it's just a, a knee jerk, like like a knee jerk is genuine. It's just reactionary. It's just like yes, this is what you're feeling, but you're not thinking about it. Um, and and that's the thing is like I think there is room to combat some of the weak points of woke culture. There is room for that, and I admire that to a degree. But he's just doing it in all of the wrong ways. He's taking all of the easy paths and he's being called brave for it. And he gets to live with this martyrdom complex of like, yes, I'm being oppressed for being white and all these different things, for having an opinion and all that. 
and it's 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 tapping into a fantasy that a lot of people have in this country. And on the disingenuous thing, I think it it's actually kind of a lot like Trump. He knows who his constituency is, and he's trying to get love from those people. He's just like Trump. He doesn't actually have any real values. I don't really think he does. He just wants to be liked for being an artist. And in that way, there's almost like a tragic like hero factor to that in that like he is someone who just wants to be big. He said he would kill himself if he didn't blow up by the time he was 30. He was hustling and destroying himself, doing all these different things. But in the end, like if this is what that, that ambition has taken you to, where like you realize an issue, you realize how divisive things are, but you're just adding in the wedge to that. You're just making things so much worse because you are finally accepted. People finally like you, and now you've got all the views and the likes, and you feel important, but you're not realizing what you're actually doing. The type of thing that you're doing is potent and dangerous, and it's um, bold, or uh, emboldening some people that you, I think, in your heart don't actually fuck with. I don't think that Tom McDonald is actually racist. I don't think that he's actually homophobic. Um, I think he might be a little bit sexist. I think he might be, he's definitely transphobic. So either way, I don't like his opinions at all, but even look at things objectively, even looking at him as someone who's trying to express his opinion, he's fucking it up. He's tapping into the evil. He could have been, you could have been the chosen one with your points, with your passion, but instead you dabbled into the powers of darkness. And for that reason, your good times are fucking killing us. Mm, mm. There, there it is. is. It's unanimous, boys. It's unanimous. Now, I know we've been running long, but I got... I, I want to bring back a segment we haven't hit on in a while, and it's 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 the Star Wars segment, man. And uh, I think uh, I think I want to take the challenge. <clears throat> so the whole point of this is to kind of show how Star Wars... If, if, if you want to dramatize things, you want to narrativize things, we've all seen Star Wars. Star Wars has told the big story before. We love Star Wars here at the Good Times of Killing Us. Star Wars is some of the greatest stories. So where does I this, hate it! So where does Tom McDonald fit in terms of... The star, what Star Wars can teach us about life. Okay, so I want to talk. So the so it's been a while since we've done this. So I, we want to relate where we've been talking to you to Star Wars, but we want to do it in thirty seconds or less. So put me on the clock. I got one. Thirty seconds, you said. Yeah. Starting now. Okay, I want to. There's a lot of parallels between Tom McDonald and Chief Palpatine, the Emperor, coming from the Emperor Chief Palpatine, coming from humble upbringings, delusions of grandeur, fucking uh, sought power. He started in the wrestling thing, had talent. You had talent, had plenty of talent, but and then he started doing the rap with his talent and kept honing his talent. And then he succumbed to the dark side. He became a Jedi, and then he succumbed to the dark yeah, side. Yeah, and he, he found the button, he kept pushing it, and he was like, this is where my power resides, but he's going to burn himself out. Palpatine never became a Jedi. Well, I didn't say he became a oh, Jedi, but he just, you know, he learned in the ways of the Sith and became mighty in them. And succumbed to the dark side, trying to learn more and more. And that's like Tom McDonald trying to find, pushing this political button that's that's like a gold mine for him right now. He's the only one in this lane. And he's gaining a lot of... He's rising right now. But with the rise comes the fall. And I predict that there will be a great fall for Tom McDonald. His hubris will destroy him. He will continue to be... I think that I think that's a good one. Yeah, he's it's it's gonna be and and unlike Anakin Skywalker, who I think we can have more sympathy towards, Chief Palpatine, like Tom McDonald, is not a person of true values. It's just about him. 
All right, guys, man. Well, make sure you guys... Thanks for listening. I know this was a long one. It wasn't supposed to be as usual. But, you know, make sure you follow us on all the socials. Follow us on Facebook at the Good Times Are Killing Us Podcast, on Instagram at Good Times Killing Us Podcast, no spaces, and on the Twitter at Good underscore Times underscore Dead. And leave us a rating review on Apple iTunes. Five stars, please. And we'll fucking read that shit if you leave a review right here on the cast. Alrighty, guys. So thank you so much for listening to the Good Times of Killing Us podcast. And you know, if you're out there and people are suppressing your opinions, they're probably just not. They're probably just calling you an asshole for it. And uh, that's all there really is to it. And you don't really have a true right to complain until someone actually does something about about it and actually tries to harm you for expressing the way that you feel. And if that is what happens, then that will be a problem. But until then, you're not even fucking dead. dead. So, actually, funny story. I actually <laughs> almost had a uh, wrestling career. Shocking. This is not really surprising. <laughs> um, so, one night, back when I was doing security all the time at the bar, um, I got off work and like I woke Kaylee, Kaylee up in the middle of the night and she was like, hey, it's 3 a.m. You want to go to IHOP? I'm not going to be able to fall back to sleep. I was like, yeah. So, I take her to IHOP. We're sitting there. We're eating our food. And this, this uh, guy comes over to our table and he's like, Hey, man, can I talk to you for a minute? And I was like, yeah, what's going on, dude? He was like, I'm not trying to interrupt your meal or anything. I know you're out here with your lady. You know, you're putting it down and all that. This guy's like a wrestling pimp. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, I want you to finish your meal and enjoy it, but I want you to take this card, and I want you to call me in the morning. I think you got something. And so I that's how like, it happens. I was like, okay. And then I look at the card, and it's like some local wrestling league, and I was like, damn. He just wa- he was at IHOP. At three o'clock in the morning, saw some fat, big, bald, white dude, and was he like, "Saw a fucking raw that talent, dude. Man. That dude is the biggest dude in this IHOP right now. <laughs> Let me go give him my card." He's like, "This guy could take everyone in this IHOP right but now." But then I looked into wrestling pants, and they were like twelve hundred dollars, and I was like, "Nah, I ain't doing this shit." <laughs>